I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And we're a gang. And his NB. Episode 55. We're back. Yeah. If you missed us, I hope you have. We can't really hear your response if you missed us, but we are theorizing in our head that you have. So thank you. We missed you. We missed you. That's all that mattered. Yes, we took a, a nice little break. We got to recuperate a little bit, but now we are back to talk about all the things that we are watching on television this week. And we got a lot of stuff to say. There's been a lot of stuff that's happened in the interim and, oh yeah and some new shows that we're going to be talking about and we're so excited for that um thank you all so much for listening uh be sure uh wherever you're listening to us whether that be on apple Podcasts, spotify google Podcasts, please leave a rating or a review it is so so helpful to us it helps us get into the algorithm it helps us get seen by more and more people whenever you do that um and like i said instead of just theorizing the feedback that we get from you in the void you can actually leave feedback in a review and that would be really nice we love hearing from you we do um yeah so wherever you listen to podcasts be sure to do that uh you can also follow us across our social medias including twitter facebook instagram tiktok and threads where we are posting new content every day including clips from the podcast and some of our immediate thoughts on the things that we're watching so you know we always got stuff to say extra so be sure to follow us across the board uh, all on social media at a gay and his NB. You can also get merchandise from us over at a gay and his NB dot threadless dot com. Over there, we have a ton of different designs um, that you can get on a variety of different items, including T-shirts and bags and mugs and and just anything in between. They're really cool designs that Merlin's put together, and we we love them a lot, and we hope you do too. Um, perfect gift for anybody. Go to gayandhisenby.threadless.com and pick something up today. We are heading into holiday season. Yes, we are. You perfect, perfect little gift. Perfect little thing to put under the tree. Over at againisnb.threadless.com. Um, you can also, if you have a question for us that you would like for us to answer on a future episode of the podcast, you can submit that to us over at againisnb at gmail.com or across any of the social media platforms that I mentioned. Um, and we may answer it on a future episode of the podcast. We would love, love, love your questions. So be sure to submit those. Um, like I said, we have so much to get into, babe. We got two episodes this week to this episode, and then we'll have a new ep- another episode out on Saturday where we'll be covering, uh, Bravo opinions, uh, mainly Real Housewives. But what do we have in store this episode? Well, a little bit later on, we're going to be talking about um, Survivor. We've got two episodes of that to cover with you today. Oh, we we are <laughs> we're opinionated, and I we're gonna that if you're looking for a good rant, it's going to be in that part. <laughs> uh, we're also going to be talking about the much anticipated House of Villains. I know. I'm. So, I. It's been. It really has been much anticipated. Like, I've been so excited ever since it got announced. And... Like, it, we have to really, like, stop and remember that we would not have any of the reality te- television that we have today. We would not have this podcast. We would not have any of the, the Housewives franchises. None of that would have happened without... New York fucking Pollard. Tiffany Pollard. Tiffany motherfucking Pollard, the queen of all reality television. And um, we finally get to have her back on our screens on House of Villains. And it is amazing. But before we get to any of that, uh, we've got 
like several weeks of <laughs> like I literally think twenty episodes of Big Brother UK to talk about. Yeah, we decided at at a certain point we were watching Big Brother UK uh, sort of regularly. I had gotten Merlin into the series, like I would say, like maybe a year or so, well, whenever it last ended, because yeah. it did end for a period of time. It was originally on like Channel Four, I believe. Mm-hmm. I I don't know much about like if like UK pop culture stuff we may be missing in our discussion about this. So if you have if we have any UK fans, bear with us. We're, <laughs> we're, we're miss we're definitely missing some UK pop culture stuff, but not nearly as much as we are missing whatever the fuck it is Paul's saying. Oh, we'll get to it. <laughs> I would love to know more to actually figure out what the hell he's talking about half the time. But so they canceled the show basically on um, on uh, Channel Four, I believe. And, but they had recently announced that they were bringing it back on ITV in the UK, and it was a big deal. Everyone was super excited. Big Brother UK is iconic for like so many reasons, and like, it doesn't have nearly the problematic issues that Big Brother in the US has. Like, um, I said nearly. I didn't say any. I didn't say it was devoid of them. Yeah, but it doesn't we, have like the rampant craziness that happens over on the U.S. Yeah. Like, if you're wanting something that's... Well, I wouldn't say craziness. I would say the casting is a little more intentional. Like, there, there's a... Like, Big Brother U.S., your casting has been fucked up for way too long. Like, yeah. it got better this... From what I can tell, it got a little bit better this year. From the little Didn't stuff they I've been still seeing. have to evict someone oh, this yeah. year? Yeah, they, they literally had cases where two people said stuff that was not good on the live feeds at all and it's like but it's i mean but the closest we've gotten this year on big brother uk is someone going you know straight pride would maybe be nice <laughs> and it's like you know i can, i'll take it right you know like if that's the worst we get this season i'm good it used to be i'll say this it used to be way more problematic at points like there was this like the whole um people who are big big brother uk fans will know like the shulpa shetty controversy mm. in, on celebrity big brother over there and how it literally led to like international like conflict between oh, wow. like india and the uk it was crazy um like i think i've shown you like a little stuff of like some of the old stuff i i did show you that season with michelle visage on oh dear god th- that also had perez hilton and katie hopkins and like <laughs> that was like it was it's great but it's it is too toxic. It is it is too toxic. Um I also really enjoyed the season with Courtney Act. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That season was so good and it just like did Courtney ended up winning that, right? She did. Yes, yes. So yes. like the fact that we had a fucking drag queen when like when we're in the middle of such awful debates right now around trans rights. Right. Like that just that that's nice by and that's way, a public vote but, it's not like it's just in the house the house it's it's a public vote yeah and i think like there's been this discussion online at least and and i think again there's a uk audience that's watching this separately that, as well right um which i think it's like one is it, it the stupid argument of that this season of big brother uk has gone woke and oh, it's like whatever. you have because we have like more than one lgbt person and more than one disabled person which like it's it's just a stupid argument when you don't know anything about particularly Big Brother UK. Big Brother UK had a trans woman win the series as early as 2004. Yeah. Like like 
you know, and we've had, you know, one of the best winners of this uh, was uh, Pete from uh, Series 7 who uh, had Tourette's Syndrome. And, like, so you've had these people, you know, part of the appeal is having all these people from different walks of life and and these unique individuals. I think Big Brother UK has always, always done really well with that and sort of, like, getting different people and, and, and having a diverse cast. Yeah. I think they more times than not have been really, really great in that aspect. Yeah. And I, I really enjoy the way that it's formatted a lot better than drag or drag race better than, uh, well, better than drag race. Yes. But I mean, better than UK or us version of big brother mm-hmm. because it just, it, it li- lends to, you don't have people like scrambling all the time. You don't have that tribalness that you get on the U.S. Big Brother, where people are like, like, like conspiring against each other and backstabbing and yeah. making alliances and all of that stuff. I get that on Survivor. Survivor is what that's for, right? I don't need that on Big Brother. I I really like the idea of all of the whole show centering around this is a giant group of people trying to live together we're not like none of the other shit matters like they are literally just trying to live together and the people that are the most annoying get voted out the amount of time on this particular uh season that they're, they're just fighting over cooking <laughs> like like the most innocuous shit that they are like going into the nomination process being like yeah because you know <laughs> like it, it's it, it's people would consider that i People could consider that boring, but I actually don't think it is. And I think the UK, there's just something about like the it's UK. It's more relatable because I want to kick people out of my house that are monitoring how much food I'm eating. Sure, exactly. Like, you come into my house and tell me not to eat the fucking crisps? I'm going to eat the fucking crisps. Fuck you. <laughs> and I'm going to have me a canned mojito too. Fuck you. Go get in the fucking uh, jail cell out in the yard. Yeah. And like in the rain. I don't fucking care. Go away. I think it's like, you know. I, I've seen some people being like it used it used to be with Big Brother UK where you'd have like like with that Perez Hilton season where it's like you you had moments also where it's like security would have to come in because they were almost oh, yeah. were killing each other and they were like in cra- and and also even going crazy in terms of like even like sex and stuff like that in, yeah. in that realm like so this season is a little muted in that regard but mm-hmm. I don't think it's bad I actually think there's an appeal to it it reminds I don't remember the name of it. God, I'm. There's a popular like UK show if for those in the UK that's just people watching television, like it's it's just shots of people in their homes in their living rooms watching television and then commenting on it. and people watch it and it's really popular. You 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 mean basically a podcast? It's essentially a podcast. <laughs> it's essentially what we're doing, but without the visual aspect. But it's like it, it's not the most riveting, but like people watch it, in, it re- incessantly because it's just sort of a like view into people's lives, and I think people well, it, it goes back it, to the basis of what the appeal to reality TV was. Well, and it gives people that maybe don't have the ability to, you know have a bunch of friends over to watch TV that maybe live by themselves or work night shift or mm-hmm. have other you know situations that keep them from socializing as much as they maybe want to, they still get to then have that sense of community of sitting down and watching a movie together or yeah. sitting down and watching TV together because there's something so wholesome about that. And just talking about it, too. like so many people, like... I, 
maybe in America, maybe everywhere, you know, grew up, especially in the 80s and 90s, watching television together as a family. Mm -hmm. Like the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. All those decades, that was like big into appointment television where your family had shows that y'all watched together and you never missed it. Well, you couldn't miss it because if you missed it, you missed it. You just didn't get to see that episode. Yeah. Because we didn't have things like Netflix and whatever. But like, I I remember growing up like watching ER every single Thursday night at 9 p.m. Central. We sat down and we watched ER as a family. Appointment television. It was appointment television. And I think a lot of us now that we are off, even if you've got a family, most people have televisions in their room and they're off watching their own things. Families aren't sitting down and watching TV together anymore. Yeah. You know, so having access to something like that where you can, even if you're not able to have a conversation with the person you're watching, still having that sort of sense of watching television as a community, that's a lot of fun. And I think that's also why people do things like listen to podcasts about it because you get to hear people talk about the episodes that you love that you watch. Right. You know, I mean, people also do the whole um, live tweeting thing. That's very similar, right? It's all aching for community around media. And, you know, that's what we bring you every week here <laughs> on A Gay and a Zenby. But, you know, but you're right, though. Like, it's, and it's not even just the weekly, because they do the weekly show or the daily show, basically, right. of whatever happened in that day. But they also have the live feeds for the people watching in right. the UK. And the people are live tweeting the live feeds like oh, yeah. all the fucking time. I just, I can't get into the live feeds. Um, I just can't figure having the time. I just, right. Like, because if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it all the way. So I figure there is a line between watching the show Big Brother UK yeah. and then getting into the live feeds. Because once you get into the live feeds, you have to commit like 24-7 to it or you miss something. Right. And once you miss something on the live feeds, you might as well just stop. And it, and it won't always be in the episode. That straight right. pride conversation that we mentioned definitely did not get put in the episode. And even if it was, we probably wouldn't have understood it. Yeah. <laughs> so let's go through. I think the way we're going to, because like you said, we've had like close to three weeks of yeah. the show now. Um, we're, we're not going to go, obviously. We just everything. got the third round of nominations last night. Yeah. So we're basically, I think what the best thing to do is sort of go through everyone on the cast right now and sort of like any moments that stuck out with uh, with them and sort of like our general thoughts on these people. Um, and I'm just, I'm just going to go in alphabetical order. Uh, Chanel um, is the first one. And I, I like her. I, I still don't get the fullest feel on her sort of in the early goings. I think she's hilarious. I think she's hilarious too. I... I can't stop laughing every time she turns the back of her head to the <laughs> camera and you can see the the track of her extension exposed. It's you know, there's a there's a TikTok creator who like makes fun of like mid aughts makeup trends. Like she does the like the matte mousse makeup that's like four shades off from yep. and, like making fun of the way we used to it has the nasty exposed that's what I think of she's every also, time. She's a very much a throwback to older Big Brother UK like people too as well. Like mm-hmm. in her style and sort of the way she operates. I I really appreciate that. Like she hasn't done 
all that much this season, I will say. Right. Like she had the biggest sort of thing was this most recent, the ants um uh uh food challenge. Right. Where she kind of got into it with Trish and Olivia because they were right. they were like doing like the fun team joking thing, yeah. but they were making it about like, oh, you know, you picked you know all men for the strength challenge, right. and we have a woman on ours, and it was it got thrown out of proportion. Completely. It really did. Well, and part of it though is that Chanel is so conflict averse, very, and so she just didn't say when she was upset, and so it festered and created a tension in the house. Yeah. Which I get, I understand being conflict averse. I kind of am conflict averse when I when I have a risk of something coming, something negative coming of the conflict. And I think in a situation like this, when you're like, oh well, if I bring something up, then I'm a troublemaker and I'm going to get put up for for eviction. Yeah. And it ended up being the opposite because she got a nomination this week. She's not on the chopping block because not enough people nominated her, but like. She could have been. It really is interesting how people can sort of do the inverse of like, yeah. it's either you speak up too much or you don't speak up enough and they yeah. can hold either against you. Yeah. In terms of that stuff. Yeah. Um, then we have Dylan um, from Coventry. Um, uh, part of the disabled uh, group that's in it because he has, he's an amputee. I thought that, like hearing his story, like his intro package, I, I right. was very interested in. He's a DJ, I believe. Uh-huh. Uh, and does like, we see him like do like beatboxing and stuff like that in the house, which We'll get to Survivor. It, it was giving me a little Sifu vibes, like a, when I a little bit, but at least he's not Sifu level uh, of energy. He's, yeah. he's he's he's. I was afraid he was going to be. But he's, he's a not. much more chill. He, yeah. I think he might be a little I, too chill. I think it's because of his age. I think yeah yeah yeah. He definitely is just like very like everyone's like he sticks in the kitchen. He cooks for everybody basically. He's like which I honestly think is why he's avoided nominations so far is yeah. because he cooks for everyone until this week obviously. But but he got into it a little bit with like Trish. He'll have like these certain like little moments, but they're never anything really sustained. I kind of forget about him a little bit in the for the most part yeah in terms of certain things but like he definitely seems you know pretty straightforward like there's nothing like yeah he he his one issue is that he well his two issues um number one he's very heavy-handed yeah if a discussion takes longer than like three seconds he like steps in and says no this is what we're doing period end of story and it's just like chill dude like yeah, yeah, yeah. we don't like we were coming to a decision it's fine um and then he's also not overtly misogynistic but it's definitely there there's certain moments where it like pops out here yeah there. i don't think as we'll get to paul later i think paul's a little more explicitly uh-huh. but i think like he kind of was like when you can understand him. Yeah. he the I, I was trying to also think, like, there are certain, like, factions that have been forming in the house uh-huh. and sort of, not really alliances, but, like, sort of cliques. And, like, I can't really tell where he's placed. The most is with the more, is with the more, like, bro-y men. But, like... Yeah, I think he kind of is a, is a floater. Yeah. He's not really kind of overly aligned with most anybody. Because the bro-y men, I think, are too immature for him. Mm-hmm. Like, he is fine with them, and he gets along with them, but for the most part, he's not going to, like, douche out like them. Yeah, I agree. Then we get to Hallie, uh, who I I think is becoming a 
a, a big star of the season, whether you like or don't like her, because it's right. kind of like one way or the other. Uh, she's 18 years old. Um, tr- uh, ca- came out like the second day in the house as trans. We, not to, and it's not, I'm not saying in terms of like, like when she came into the house the first night, like me and Merlin were like, is she? And then like when she confirmed yeah. it, it was like, you know, and that's nothing about like, you know, we, we have that like sixth sense. <laughs> it's one of those things where like, if you're in the queer community and you're around trans people, you can clock things that cis people can't clock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's it's and, just one of those things that it's like, it's not like clocking in that, oh, well, she looks like a man. Right. It's a more of a, it's, it's, it's like it's an more energy. Of a, it's more of a, oh, she's incredibly tall. She's holding herself in this manner. Oh, she's trans. Cool. Yeah. It makes it ends up making sense, and I will say good on her for like coming out in the way she. Because again, you're it's you're coming out to a room full of complete strangers. You've right. only met for like twenty four hours, if that. And there's no escape. There's no escape, and you kind of just have to deal with how they treat you. Luckily, everyone's been treating her amazingly. There's yeah. no problem. By the way, um, people were tweeting about it, rightfully so. Uh, after she does this, they all come for her. And then they, I forgot who it was suggested. It's like, can we go all around the room? Because they were all at the table and just give our pronouns. And they all did it. And and it it took 30 seconds and everyone moved the fuck on. Yeah. It was that simple. Yeah. And it was just a simple, and it was Maddie, I think, actually asked the question. Probably. It was just like, oh, hey, by the way, can we just get everyone's pronouns? And then it was simple. It was a, I think, a minute long yeah. of the of the episode, and that's it. And and even, like, Paul, who, like I said, has, like, the moments where he talks about, like, straight pride and stuff like that. Even he did it and didn't – it didn't make it a thing. Yeah. It's really not that fucking hard, you know. But credit to her because I also hear that, like – I follow a little bit, of, not to get political, but like, you know, there's a lot of stuff happening in the UK in terms of trans issues, similarly to what's happening in America right, right now. And so it's very, I, it's very brave of her and particularly with how young Hallie is. She's only right. 18, you know, she, well, and, and her and Trish had a really good conversation about her age, you know, and like about how it, it's, you can't expect her at 18 to behave like everyone else is at mid twenties or even in their thirties or forties, you just can't expect that of her. That's just not, she's not there yet. Yeah. There's a certain level of an immaturity to her that you see in moments like that pop out. She, when her intro package happened on the first day, it reminded me of like, you know, those Maury Povich was like, yeah, I hit my mom. I do what I want. It was very <laughs> that vibe. Like she was definitely coming in with like the stereotype of like anyone fucks with me. I'm, you know, coming for yeah. them or whatever. Um, but I, th- I, she does have warmer sides. I've been loving her friendship with Carrie. Actually. I think it's really sweet. You know, Carrie's taken on to her really well. But then she gets the zoomies and hides everyone's shit. <laughs> oh, my God. And when she was bugging Jenkins like, a couple of days ago and just, like, not yeah. letting up on him, it's like, oh, my God. But then she also was frustrated with Tom because Tom wasn't, like, taking her no for an answer. Yeah. When it, like, he was just, like, being friendly or giving her a hug or, like, like, touching her arm or something. And she was like, no, no, no. And it's like, okay, but you have, like, you need to treat Jenkin the same way that you're expecting that Tom is treating you. Right. And she's gotten into trouble also. Like there was that big rule break thing with Olivia and Ugh. like sort of like the whole house kind of, that was kind of her week of sort of having that sort of villain, not villain arc, but like sort of like antagonist arcs in mm-hmm. a way 
Um, yeah, I think she's really interesting. She is up for eviction this week, and I and, and I'm rooting for her to stay in the house. She I, took it really hard. Yeah, that was sad. Like yeah. you know, um, but I think she's. I don't know. I think she has a lot of sweet moments and a lot of you know complex moments more than anything yeah and also i we saw a lot of her as well when they did the fast food challenge and she had to and she had to down that can fish i, sandwich can I tell you i would murder someone for making me go through that challenge oh i could never do it i would find any and every door into the back rooms of this house and i would go on a mur- i would be megan part two <laughs> I, I would dance through there with a machete and like just kill every. Like, you are not going to make me eat something that I literally would have told them. You make me make the food, or we are failing this challenge. Yeah, one of the two, because I am not eating this nasty ass shit. It was so bad. It was like, and it was it. Some of that the the fish had bones in it. Still, that could have killed somebody. Some of the challenges. Some of them are really fun and stupid. Some of them also kind of verge on torture. (laughs) They really do. And, like, making them stand out there in the rain for, like, hours. Oh, in the jail cells when they got the... That, like... And it's, like, not just, like, oh, it's a little cold. Like, you have to realize the UK is at the same, like, um, latitude launched... It's at the same uh, level north. (laughs) As like Maine (laughs) they're in the like 50s and 40s right now yeah it's bad and then wet at night fuck you (laughs) again opening up one of those back room doors and we're going to town absolutely not and there's not a lock on those cages they were just open. They just had to stay in there. But, like, you bet evict me. I don't know. Send me the fuck home because I will hurt somebody. And it's so weird because it's both less tough than some of the times when they have violated the rules in the past. Normally, you would either get – you would get automatically nominated or something. I think they're being nice because they just came back. Or they would, like, punish the house and, like, turn off water uh-huh. and certain things. But, like – That's literally against the Geneva Conventions. <laughs> you can't turn off water. Like or, you can't, or maybe we, maybe I'm misremembering. I don't think it was turn off water. It was like I think it was like turn off hot water for like oh, showers. That was so awful when Jenkins. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, we'll get to Jenkins and his rough first week. It was Jesus Christ. That was rough. Um, but before we get to Jenkins, so then there's Henry, who I find to be such the biggest like like success story of the show everyone immediately was like absolutely not we will not be supporting anything he does the minute he he walks into the house he was giving like perez hilton vibes at first and i was afraid he was going to end up being that sort of he has like so we see the package where he he's in like his bow tie and he's a food writer and he has people do his laundry and his bedding and, and stuff like that um so he's kind of stuck up in that regard and then we find out he's a tory which is if for those who don't know, is equivalent. Well, not really. It's the conservative party yeah. in the UK. I won't say it's equivalent to Republicans because it's very different. And but. it's so confusing because he says, I voted for Boris Johnson because I vote for the candidate who I would most want to have a beer with. So it's like, I don't know how. No, it, a martini. Or a martini. Yeah, not a beer. He would never, <laughs> he would never drink. <laughs> but it's like, I don't, so but with that, I don't know how in tune he is with politics or if it's just I think kind of he's that, just a troll yeah and then he makes the point like well, that he's also a royalist 
where you know he's you know you know any if you don't like the loyal family you basically should leave the country essentially look i don't think the royals should have any political power but i don't see a problem with them being royals sure let them do their thing but it's not my country so i don't really have a say yeah that's fair <laughs> but it's but been, I do like the idea of royalty existing. I don't know. It's just something quaint. Yeah. I've been pleasantly surprised with how he's handled the house. Like, I love the, I love his friendship with Trish. I love that they became friends. Because also Trish in her package was like, so I'm like a liberal feminist. And like. Because she's not even just like a liberal. She's not just in the Labor Party. She's like a leftist. Yeah. Full. She's like full, like, a- almost onto like star and sickle territory <laughs> over there and it's like good job comrade love you the like best, i love that my favorite scene is the when they were in the same bed together before they bed <laughs> and trish is in bed with a toll <laughs> it's great and he's and we'll get to it um we'll get to it a little later with i think with jordan Mm-hmm. But also his friendship with Jordan, oh, Jordan, that's also become shift at this point, which I think, but I also think, well, well, let's talk about the, the relationship with Jordan after we talk about Jordan and Maddie individually, yeah, yeah, yeah. because it's complex. It's very complex. It's one of the most, it's been, I think it's the, riveting television. It's, it's the most compelling story. I will say of this series so far. Yes. Um, but yeah, you're right. Before we get to that though, let's talk about Jenkin a little bit. Um, I love Jenkins. I love him too. I find him so funny. I love when he's in his confessional t- talking about how he just wants a Kinder Bueno. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's very interesting. Like, well, well, first off, his terrible. Like, they they do all these like little tasks as they were all like coming in to where they he ended up losing his suitcase. He got cold showers for like the first week or whatever. Like, or and like then the- accidentally ended up removing. Um, uh, uh, amputee guy. What's his name? Oh God, Den, Den, nah. Dylan. Dylan. He ended up making it so that he didn't have a bed. And also, wasn't he the reason? Oh, he was also the reason why Olivia was nominated the first. Oh week. yeah, he's the reason that Olivia was nominated. No, Dylan not having a bed with somebody else. Maybe it was Carrie. Maybe. Um, but yeah, it was. He was having a rough go of it. It was really bad. It was like, but like little, and and it was he got his confidence back a little bit, like when he got yeah. his like clothes back and all that sort of stuff. So that that was good to see in the, in that progression. But it, it took him a good like forty eight hours to actually like sort of like. Well, he didn't even get clothes back until the end of the first week. Yeah, and it was like everybody else's punishment or not punishments, but like the weirdness from that first night. Yeah. Went away within 24 hours. Even some of his stuff went away within 24 hours. But, like, Olivia was able to get off the chopping block. He got hot water back. Also, wasn't he supposed to co- cook Yinrun a meal or whatever? Breakfast in bed or something? What was, happened to that? Was it Yinrun? I believe it was Yinrun. I thought it was, um... Um... Uh, the, the lady that went out first. Oh, Farida? No, Farida. I, think it, I think it was Yinrun. I'm okay, pretty sure. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, like he, yeah, he had a bit, a bit of a rough go on it. But I thought it was so interesting because when you watch his package in the beginning, he's very much coming in of being like, you know, I'm not afraid to, I think, what did he say? I'm not afraid to have a little goss, like to talk shit or whatever. And he seemed like very. He is kind of gossipy though. Yeah. <laughs> like gameplay. And then he came, came in with so much energy. And then like once he got hit with those like 
like punishments. three different things all at once. Most of the time in the series so far, we'll, we'll see we'll see him just like either outside or whatever, like just talking to people. It's just kind of like being like, well, I think Hallie is you know playing to the cameras, or I think you know you know th- this is fake. It's like, and then accuses other people of game playing when I feel like he does a lot of like putting narratives in people's heads. Yeah. And that they end up spiraling into certain things. I feel like he get, leads those conversations more than anything. Yeah, I, I can see that. I think that's pretty accurate. And I think he's been clocked on it a couple times. But I think nobody's ever said it to his face. But I think, didn't Hallie say something about it in the confessional? Maybe. In the diary room? Yeah, it's possible. Um, so let's get, to, <laughs> let's get to Jordan. Jordan's my second favorite of the series. <laughs> I think he, I think, I, I, right now he's in second place for me. Jordan is the personification of a clonopin. <laughs> like he, he's just like he literally could read the phone book and I would laugh. <laughs> the way he just delivers lines is just like so like he's this like 20 something year old, you know, and he's gay, but he's all but he's not like he's 20 something going on 80. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's such an old soul in many ways. I loved when he said that he basically, there was, I forgot when, but like he compared himself to the daughter on AppFab. And I'm like, holy shit, that's what he is. <laughs> that's exactly who he is. Like, there's a dryness of his sense of humor. <laughs> My favorite joke was the week, we'll get to Farida later, but when Farida left the first week, and him and Henry are standing over a bed, and Henry going, so, so we should say some words. He goes, no. She probably wouldn't listen to them anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so good and also his aversion th- this has come up a lot this week too like his aversion to emotion yes the amount of times he's like doesn't want to engage in an emotional conversation whatsoever as much as like maddie in particular is like trying to pry that out of him yeah um, it's really funny at the end of the day well and that that's part of the tension with maddie and him and henry is because jordan won't fucking talk about anything yeah and it's very clear Jordan feels a certain way, but is, and we know this, but he won't like express it outwardly. Yeah. To, but you can't talk about it unless you talk about it. Exactly. Um, then let's get to Carrie, who's from Essex. I felt so bad <laughs> last week on the elimination night when people were chanting, get Carrie out. Carrie is lovely. Why do y'all hate her? I, I am still confused as to why Carrie's kind of the most hated, at least online. I th- I can kind of see there there was something that happened with Maddie. I know that I think I agree that Carrie was kind of in the wrong on where like remember that discussion where Maddie found out like they were discussing his like eating habits and stuff like that and like Maddie was trying to broach with Carrie but Carrie was very like short with him about it mm-hmm. and and Maddie uh, has talked about he he has an eating disorder or he has had a issue. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, well, and he was trying to explain it to her. Like he was oh, trying okay. to like be like, do you want to know why it kind of affected me? And she was just kind of like just being like, well, I don't like that blah 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 etc that it's being passed around and he's like fuck it whatever then i'll just move on and i think that was kind that i understood fans being like oh fuck off carrie but But she has been so like warm and welcoming of almost everybody like i understand why you pretty much cut the house down the middle that first week between her and Farida. Yeah. Farida was obnoxious. We will get to it. Yeah, you're definitely team Carrie in that uh, fight. And I am, but I thought it would I I could have let I could have had Farida stay another week just to because how funny their fights were. <laughs> yes, but 
when it just so obviously came down to the two of them, you, I mean, yeah, I'd rather have Carrie. Like, this is also the difference between you and I and how we watch these shows. Like, and I think we've talked about it before. Like, I watch these shows and get connected to people and want to see them continue on the show. Right. Because I like them. Because I envision a relationship between me and them on the show. You know, I I look at someone and go, I could be friends with you. I want you to do well. I want you to stay on the show. You're very into, like... As um... opposed to you, who is like... Bitch, you're messy. You get to stay. Sure. <laughs> and I'm like, yes, I like that. But, like, I prefer a messy person when it's a written character. Yeah. When it's a messy person who's a real person, it's like, I don't want to see that. I don't like it. Like, I don't, uh, it's, and here's the difference. Like, you can be messy and have, like, good intentions and be messy for the right reasons. I don't think Farida was messy for the right reasons. We'll get to her. Yeah, we'll get to her. Um, and I th- I can't imagine that the reason that people have been averse to her is her tantrums. I actually find her tantrums very funny for the most part. <laughs> yeah. And like, except the only one was the one where they were, um, Naki was upset about, you know, choosing of who was going to go into the VIP glamping thing when they were in that cold rain. And she, she was really pissed that they wouldn't just fucking rock, paper, scissors and just pick, figure it out. And she was freezing cold. It was very intense. But like I, I find her tantrums funny, and I also think there's been a history on Big Brother UK of having these having certain women who are known for their tantrums. Yeah, become real. Like she reminds, and it's part of her being from Essex as well. But like she reminds me exactly of Gemma Collins. Yeah, and also God rest her soul, Nikki Graham. Uh, like those people are hilarious to me. Like I find, like I find the humor in that. Maybe it's the difference from the American audience and the UK audience, because those people kind of tend to become more memeable. Maybe, maybe I just, I don't know. I like Carrie because I relate to her. I see a lot of myself in her Mm -hmm. and I really see someone that I could really get along with that. I would, you know, create a friendship with, and we would be able to get along very, very well. Um, and that's why I root for her and that's why I want her to stay there because I, you know, ultimately when it comes down to who's going to win, I want it to be someone that I like. Yeah. I want it to be someone that I can celebrate their win, you know, like I want to go, that person deserved to win. And, uh, uh, there are people that I don't think deserve to win on this cast. Sure. But nine times out of 10, Big Brother UK is really good at getting a good winner. Yeah. That's one of the good, I mean, part of the reason the fan vote helps, like, you know, in that regard. Um, we have uh, then Maddie, uh, who's from the Isle of Man. I will say I've been really impressed. I, I wasn't thinking I was going to like Maddie in the early I thought he was going to be irritating at the beginning, too. Because he, he's, he's, you know, the free spirit, and he, like, does, like, yeah. that weird dance, the rage dancing or whatever it's called, the, like... Um, where he it's it's I very thought it was like rave dancing something either way something it, it's it's not i was like this can't be your only character trait but luckily it isn't and i think more in the last couple of weeks we've seen depth to his character that i really appreciate yeah i I mean i th- i like who he's also befriending in the house like he's definitely into in that yin run jordan mm-hmm. sort of camp um and i and i think he's charming in many ways um, do, do we, th- I guess this is the best point to get to the, so Maddie is polyamorous. Yes. Um, and Maddie and Jordan have 
got this energy going on. So we were trying to decipher it. Of who well, it, originally, Jordan and Henry immediately became like the pairing. They still, to this point, like jokingly call each other their husbands. And just the other night, kissed each other goodnight. Yeah. So... So there's something there, but I don't think that it's reciprocated by Jordan. I think that Henry very much likes Jordan, and Jordan... Very much likes Maddie. Very much likes Maddie. I, but I think that Matt, or that um, because Maddie is in a relationship back home, Jordan is not open to being a second relationship for Maddie. Right. I think Jordan very much wants to be the only person... For Maddie, which is fine if that's what he's wanting in his life. If he doesn't want to be involved in polyamory, cool. No big deal. Well, because also, I have they talked much about, like, the details of Maddie's polyamory situation? If it's just a sex element? I think I think it's just a sex element. Like, he's... he's but I don't feel like it is because I feel like Maddie is entertaining Jordan in a way that he wouldn't if it was just sex. So you think... Yeah, so you think he's at Maddie's actually entertaining Jordan. I think Maddie likes Jordan just as much as Jordan likes Maddie. Okay. And I think Maddie would be willing to start a showmance into a real romance mm -hmm. with Jordan. But I don't think Jordan is willing to be a second partner for Maddie. I think he doesn't look... That's why I was wondering if it was just a sex thing or a polyamory thing in terms of actual relationships. Right. Because I don't think Jordan wants sex with Maddie. I think he, he wants an actual emotional relationship with him. And that's where the conundrum is. in At least in Jordan's mind of the struggle. Like, but... Oh, I, no. I think he wants sex with Maddie. Oh, you think? I just think he wants more than just... I almost look... Uh, more than just sex, but he... I think he... He's talked about being a big old slut before. Oh, that's true. Yeah, I remember that. Like, he has literally talked about going into dark rooms and clubs. Well, no, well, he... Well, no, well, Maddie brought that up, and then, like, Jordan was like, you go into the dark room, and then Maddie, like, reneged on it. He's like, no, no, no. <laughs> Even though he clearly was. Um, like... But I think it's and, – and the amount of times we've seen it in the last week, and the editors are so good on this show, the amount of times that Jordan and Maddie will just be talking at, like, a table or just chatting. And, just and the touching. shots they cut to Henry. Yeah. Just, like, staring at them. Not, like, actively, like, glaring, but you can tell he's paying attention. Yeah. And, like, it, it's really – I hate the I hate that I feel bad for this fucking Tory <laughs> that I <laughs> – but, like, I, I think it's really one of the most compelling stories this series. Oh, yeah. Like, this love triangle is just absolutely riveting. And – And we don't get this with, like, gay storylines on reality television. No, we the, don't. When is the last time we've had this? Like – We don't. In the U.S., I've never seen it. No. Like – it's crazy to me like that that hasn't happened before but i think part of it is that typically back in the day at least in the in the u.s like you would have a token right quote unquote well but also a lot of the media representation in the u.s with queer people has always been sexless yeah and it, it's usually the um uh the jack on will and grace mm -hmm. right like, you see him, like, you hear him talk about sex, but you never see him in a real relationship. You never see him in a real anything. Right. Right? You just hear about it in the background. And that, for the longest time, was the only representation that we got 
on mainstream media. Now, we had shows like Queer as Folk, right, where we had plenty of sex and romance, like, being portrayed on scene yeah. or on screen. And Queer as Folk started in the UK, so they definitely had that there, too. Um, and then we had, like, Dante's Cove and stuff <laughs> like that. Cove. Uh Welcome to Hotel Dante. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Uh, it we had stuff like that, but it was always queer focused media that really gave us that those storylines and the writing wasn't always good and the quality of the the production wasn't always good. But we had those things. Now we're getting like this is like mainstream shit. Yeah. Like this is good. Yeah, it's really cool to see. Um uh, And it's reality. It's not written. This is just happening. Yeah, exactly. Uh let's go on to Nucky. Um, who is the pageant queen? She was, uh, I forgot her title is, but it was like a big title, like right. for the UK. I think it was Miss Universal, maybe Miss Universe. Yeah, like she was, you know, she's interesting. I liked, you know, she's kind of like the story that they're kind of placing her in is that she cries a lot. I've seen that, like Jordan, like bring that up a lot, but I've not seen her cry a whole lot. She doesn't, like, like she like, does a little bit, but not any more than anybody else. She did a little bit, like, the house meeting and, like, sort of certain things. And she does it in the confessional more than than we've seen even. Sure, but both Hallie and Carrie cry more than she does. Sure, that's fair. And I think it's interesting watching her, like, one, her bonding with Trish, being the other black woman in the house. Mm-hmm. And also, like, bringing up the topics of sort of, like, having to police your emotions and sort of, right. like, sort of... And not even, like, explicitly saying it, but, like, sort of, like, you know, saying in a way that's easy for sort of people to understand or people who may be adverse to, like, sort of, like, those topics. Right. Well, and it's interesting because her coming from the pageant world, she's very used to policing everything, Mm -hmm. right? And putting on a show of um, what is, you know, acceptable, you know, in public, right? Like, displays of emotion and things like that. What you know, um, what behavior is acceptable, whereas Trish don't give a fuck. No. Like, they're they're diametrically opposite in that regard, and I think you need that, right? Both of those things can exist. Um, and it, it's just really nice to see. I really love their dynamic. Yeah. Trish and Noki's. Um, we have Olivia from Glasgow. Um, I, I'm liking, I don't know about you, I'm liking her more and more. As yeah. the weeks go on. I really like Olivia. The first week I was like, oh boy. Um, she did have a fat, bad first day because she immediately yeah. got nominated. And then she was freaking out and then taking it out on Jenkin and like, yeah. you know, and all that. Um, I do think she needs to stop the singing gag because I'm kind of tired of that. The singing? The, the fact that she keeps singing songs randomly about like just random things. I think it I was. missed that somehow. Oh, because well. I, I see a lot of the dialogue being like, I think she doesn't realize the challenge from her first day is over where she had to be the least, enter- avoid being oh. the least entertaining. <laughs> and now she's just making up Scottish songs and sort of like doing all this stuff. It's a little grating at those points, but I think she seems rather fun at the end of the day and and has a, uh, she has a depth to her that I think is underestimated. And I think she... I like the way she kind of diffuses conflicts at times. Like, she'll get yeah. into the conflict, and the conflict will be, you know, really bad. <laughs> I mean, Salmongate, like, the first, the oh first my week. God. Which but I agree with, actually. I agree with. How are you, you, like, you don't just, like, 
eat off just someone's gonna, plate like that. Well, and it's one thing for one bite, but then Farina just kept eating her salmon. Yeah. It's like, what are you doing? She's like, I guess I'll just eat the corn or whatever <laughs> it was that she had made to go with the salmon. But Farina just sat there and ate her whole whole fucking fillet. Like, what are you doing? But no, I like I actually like Olivia a lot. I think she is fills that sort of like not to downplay her, but like fun ditzy character yeah. very well in the house. I yeah. think she's found her place much more. Um, then there's Paul from Liverpool. We've talked a little bit about him. Oh, Paul! I uh, I don't. I'm shocked he hasn't been up for nomination yet. Yeah, I think he might next week. Well, apparently, I don't think so because apparently everyone just loves him and like he well, can't he do got, any wrong. He got a nomination this week, I think too. Maybe I, I can't remember who, but like I was shocked Olivia didn't nominate him after their fight this week. Yeah, but I think it's not, and that's a you know girl get it, but like I think she just wants to fuck him, and that's yeah. how, you know she's getting dickmatized by him in that regard, and he is very attractive. It's just when he opens his mouth, it's like yeah, there's nothing there. Yeah. And and that whole thing, the the reason I was so shocked he didn't get nominated this week was the fucking fight at the uh, house meeting or whatever, where Trish is just trying to like you know operate this normally and just bring up casual things and just be like, yeah, you know, you know, when a lot of people want to go to bed too late, you know, maybe just keep it out of the bedroom, you know, so, like if your guys are going to be talking and you know messing around, and him just being like, well, I don't go to bed at my home till three a.m., so sorry, you have to deal with it. Like, excuse me? <laughs> All she's asking is that you go to the living room. Like, it's not that hard. And Trish handled that way too well in my regard. She did not want any fight. And I'm like, girl, you... you... Well, if you remember, though, this was a challenge for her. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't like just that they decided to sit down and have a house meeting. She like, was being she told was, to do it. She was on task from Big Brother. Yeah. So, like, I get why in that sort of situation, why she was like, let me just get the fuck through this. Yeah. It's like, you are not going to talk to me like that. I'm yeah. sorry. Like, I could, I could not imagine. Because uh, I, I think I would have came across the table. Yeah. Uh, it would have been bad. Uh, we if have... I understood him. <laughs> I know that's like the 18th time I've mentioned that. He if, is if so marble mouth. I'm sorry. You're, if you're not watching this, literally just go find any clip where Paul is talking. And I guarantee you, you will not understand more than one or two words that he says. There's one point this past week where he was like whispering to somebody. And so because he was whispering, they had to put up subtitles. I was like, oh, thank fucking God. Can they just do that all the time? Because <laughs> honestly, well, it's like he he mumbles everything he says, but then his accent is so thick. Yeah. And he's just not opening his mouth. Like his teeth. It's just I can't. I absolutely cannot. It's bad. Um, we then have Tom. I don't have. I can't stand Tom. Oh, you don't. Li- I didn't have much to say about him either way. I. He's such a troublemaker. Okay, I can. Yeah, he is. Uh, he is. Um. Yeah, he's just a, <laughs> like a little brat troublemaker, and I just want him out of the house. Oh, really? <laughs> like I'd. I'd rather keep. Paul over him. Really? Like, he just irritates me. Because so, he adds nothing, right? Only thing he adds is chaos. And he's like the fucking um, uh, Honeycrisp mascot. <laughs> like, he's he's just chaos. And 
like he also, frustrating and I just want to strangle him and then like drown him in the hot tub. <laughs> he also seems to be closest with Jenkin and I feel like they kind of feed off each other in that sort of like gossipy kind of way. And like, yeah. that's the one thing I will say is like their connection seems to be, you know, fueling how they're moving around the house in many ways. That's fair. I just don't like him. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> I, I just, I don't like it. I don't like it. Then Carrie said, I don't like him. <laughs> I don't like him. Um, then we have Trish. We talked a little bit about Trish throughout. I, I love really, her. I like her a lot. And I did feel bad for her at a certain point. And I love that she like laid it out about like, it is kind of frustrating that, especially this week, and because she got the most nominations this week, that she's kind of being viewed as like loud and aggressive in many regards. And I'm like, that is kind of like, a, I, not to like, and it's like, not everything's about race, but in this case, it's like, it has to be about race. Cause it's like, I don't she's view not her any, as that. He's, she's not any more loud or aggressive than anyone else. And in fact, I think she actually does a better job than anyone than diffusing situations and communicating in a way to, to reach resolution. Like if you're going to talk about overall, who is the most loud and aggressive in the house? I would put Dylan. I would put Hallie. I would put. I would say Carrie has I way more moments of that. Than, Carrie, yeah, because of the outburst. Yeah. Um, I would put Olivia mm-hmm. over over her. Yeah. Like I just don't get it. Other than she challenges people's viewpoints on things and actually wants to have deep, meaningful conversations. That's why she's being put up. But and and the fact that Paul this week was like she wants to have like deep meaningful conversations all the time and I don't want that. <laughs> like he literally he he might as well have said she called me out on being racist and <laughs> misogynistic and I don't think that that has a place in polite society. He's doing everything to like not say those words but say them. You know what I mean? Like he's finding every other way to like to basically say that. It's crazy. Um and then also Trish's friendship with our last person that we're talking about in the current cast is Yin Run, who I love Yin Run. Is, she's the winner of this. Fran- like unless something deeply changes. Yin Run is winning this season. I like, love her so much. She's so incredibly sweet. And just like when she accidentally broke the rules this week, yeah. like <laughs> I just, my heart broke. That poor thing. She cried like a, and, and I'm not trying to like, you know, like baby. She cried like a child and it was like actually really sad. It was awful. I, my heart broke for her. But like, so she's from China originally, but. Um, is, How long has she been in the UK? I think for, not long. for a good bit. Like she's, she still has like the accent, but like she, you know, she communicates very well, but she's is very self-conscious still of her communication style. We see right. that a lot that she has. She talks about having, you know, having issues fitting in in certain regards. Right. And, but I think she's also done really well. I think she's gotten a good, I think what's helped is she has a good core group of people. Trish, yeah. Jordan, Henry, Maddie, like right. to sort of like, they, I love their, their dynamic yeah. completely in the house. And I just find her very um, interesting and compelling. And I think like incredibly funny that her crying in the jail cell being like, I'll never say the N word again. And Dylan busting up laughing, being like, you don't know what that means. Yeah. Well, but that's what I mean. Like she can't possibly have been in the UK for that long. Yeah. 
to not know what the N-word was <laughs> in in most contexts. Right. She meant nominate. But she for meant context, nominate. For, for, <laughs> That's why she, she literally accidentally talked, well, not accidentally, very purposefully talked about nominations, but did it in a way that she thought she was going to be safe. Yeah. And then she she wasn't even crying and because she was getting the punishment. She was crying because she thought her that, votes were were negated, and therefore she thought she was responsible for putting Trish on the block. Turns out it had nothing to do. She's the one that got Dylan on the block. Yeah, and honestly, I think saved Hallie because I think Dylan will end up being the one that goes. That's what I feel. Like I, I think she needs like Trish will be fine. You have nothing to worry about. Like I I don't see I definitely do not see Trish going home this week. No. But like I she's just like I mean uh, very I, I don't mean to minimize and say like she's cute and, and all that stuff, but I love the way that she like really cares about friendship and the way she bond she she is actually really good at bonding with people. She yeah. Even more than I think she realizes. She has, she's pretty much nothing but endearing. Yeah. Like, there is nothing about her that I have seen so far that doesn't make you love her more. Yeah. Um, the way she takes just, on the task, too. Right. The big wig. Uh, it was <laughs> so fucking hilarious with her and Trish and uh, Henry. Doing the big wigs, it was hilarious. The amount of also times that the the uh, the day after the episode aired, where I was at work in the car, uh, going, "We are ants, we are tiny." <laughs> <laughs> we are. <laughs> that song that her and Maddie made, it's like an earworm. It's really cute. It's ear ant. Your aunt. There we go. Um, and then also she had the most me. I would say the most memeable moment of the season when they they're doing their entrances to come into the house and they do this like priest game or whatever. They make them freeze when the other person's coming in and Yinran like being so confused and then just hiding against the wall. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she is amazing. She if she doesn't win this series, I'm going to be uh, I, I it, it's going to be a shock. Um, we'll talk about quickly about the two people who've been eliminated, uh, so far. We have Zach, um, who is originally from Thailand, but now lives in Manchester. I think he's nice. I actually, I would have rather him stay over like Paul. Yeah. Like he is still kind of bro in certain realms, but like, I think it's more intelligent, <laughs> sorry, in yeah. terms of like conversation than Paul is. Yeah. Um, there was that whole dynamic about like Hallie viewing him as like a game player and stuff like that. Which I don't think is the case. I, I generally well, think he's just the type of person that, like, wants to be everyone's friend. Yeah, and and uh, the fact that that was born out of everyone just assuming that there's no way that somebody can be friends with everyone. Yeah. And it's like, well, I don't have to be best friends with everyone, but I can get along with everyone. That's possible. Yeah. Like, all he's trying to do is make connections, and y'all are acting like that means... He's trying to play like what? Also, you're playing a game. <laughs> Why are you mad that someone is coming into the house and going, hey, I'm going to participate. Right. I I don't know. I, we're on Big Brother. That's what we're doing. I, I don't know. Yeah. And then Farida. <sighs> and then Farida. I, here's the thing. I still love Farida in certain regards. I, I think it's great having, you know, a Muslim woman who, you know, yes. is practicing um, you know, there was all the good discussions about like the way she prays and like, you know, they made sure to have like halal stuff. And like, they really, I think, I think they ended up liking Farida, certain people, definitely not Carrie, 
ended up really liking and taking to Farida in certain regards. But I do think, and I Her don't communication style is what the issue was. Yeah, and I don't think it's intentional. No, I don't think so either. I think she has a communication style that's not the greatest. Like she kind of, I think like that whole conversation with Hallie was really awkward about yeah. like sort of like if a man is with you, are they considered gay? Which is you know, Hallie broke it down with like, well, no, because I'm not a man. Right. That's... Well, and the thing is, is I think she's just overly blunt and overly familiar. Yeah. I think that's what it ended up being. And it was like, you, you can't just, if you're going to be that blunt, you need to give it time. Yeah. Because you can't just meet someone and three seconds later go, hey, you still have a dick, right? <laughs> it's like, girl, I need you to like breathe yeah i mean this is coming from an autistic person who literally has issues communicating and knowing when to be blunt and not to be blunt and i'm telling you girl you gotta read the room yeah <laughs> and i think it's, it's just not i think it's her background and i also and she's older like right. she's she's 50 so like she like i i think that's just the way in which she communicates and i think her intention is correct i but i I sympathized with Carrie a lot in sort of my frustration with her of like, she kind of does talk to you like you're stupid. Yeah. <laughs> like, Well, and then she pretty much says that she talks to people like they're stupid. Yeah. Because she, instead of going, I'm talking to you like you're stupid. She goes, well, I'm just going to speak to you at a level which you're going to understand. Do you not realize how condescending that is? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. fuck you. Just speak. And if I can't understand, I'll ask for clarity. Right. That whole last conversation before she left the house with Carrie about, like, well, they're going to nominate the older people every week. And, like, Carrie just being like, well, no, but. Well, and the fact that she assumed that any friendship that Carrie had with anyone else in the house was in order to ingratiate herself to them. Yeah. And instead of actual genuine relationship. Like, you realize that people of different ages can have genuine relationships that are not like mimicking familial bonds right like i don't need to view an older woman as my mother or my grandmother in order to have a relationship with them like you can have just a friendship with people yeah. like that's how that works <laughs> i don't know if you know that uh but no she was a trip she like <laughs> for the week she was there it was really funny to me just how much she would get under people's skin like Ugh. completely unintentionally um but that's what we've uh you know seen so far here in big brother uk this series i really loved it and um, we're going to be talking about it more weekly um sort of the wrap-up of every week going forward on the podcast so. which is nice is the timing is that on wednesdays we get nominations so we won't know who gets we will know who gets nominated but not who's going home by the time we record every week and i think that that's the perfect timing yeah on that um speaking of we we thought dylan was we think dylan's going home this week right i'm pretty because it sounded it's trish hallie and dylan i think that i think there's enough i think trish is safe i also think there's enough hallie fans that it would that would keep her over dylan and i and while i think dylan is perfectly nice i don't find him to be very interesting in the house. I, yeah, I just feel like he hasn't... I feel like people aren't going to be maliciously voting to evict no. him. It's just that if they're going to vote, they're not going to vote for the other two. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I also worry that because people are not 
actively disliking him that they may just not vote because they're not motivated to vote. Right. And therefore that could result in one of the other two going home who really shouldn't be going home, which just like they preach to you on dancing with the stars every week, vote to make sure that your favorites don't go home. (laughs) I ran into that issue this week. I'll say that. Oh, um, Mira should not have gone home. We'll just quickly say that. Absolutely not. We'll talk about it next week. Who is voting for Harry Jowsey? Who? I know he's pretty. He has very pretty eyes. Well, like the, cool, but like, like, but that he's not a dancer. Send that poor man home. <laughs> it's so bad. But like, yes, we will talk about that in time to come. But uh, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and then when we come back, we're talking the two most recent episodes of Survivor Forty Five. Don't go anywhere. Well, hello, friends. I'm your pal in the mainstream media. And, and I'm the Riz. And, you know, Riz, it takes years of strenuous, dedicated training before you're worthy to step inside a professional wrestling ring. But it takes even more time to develop complex, highly astute opinions about professional wrestling. Am I right? That is correct. Yes. And you know where we can find that? Yes. On the wrestling man. That's right. Do you want something new to put on your reading list? Are you feeling your holiday spirit grow while also being astutely politically in tune? Then you'll want to pick up The Santa Strike, a new book by Shanna Hammaker. While home in Midland, Texas on a weekend visit with the eccentric uncle who raised him, Marion Wachlowski, otherwise known as Mary, discovers a long-forgotten letter Uncle Joe wrote to Santa Claus. Mary keeps it to share with his girlfriend Lindsay and his best friend Tommy, at first, they consider the letter to be nothing more than a silly lark. What kind of grown man would write a letter to Santa? But soon, Mary and Lindsay find themselves caught in a much larger mystery concerning many, many more letters to Santa, all surrounding the crisis of gun violence in America. You can pre-order The Santa Strike now on Amazon, available both on Kindle and in paperback. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com Welcome back to Again is Envy. Let's head on over to Fiji where, dear God, is there anyone that actually wants to play this fucking game? <laughs> Survivor 45. Oh my God. Oh, we will get to it. I, 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 we had a rant when, this, when we watched this. It was like, mm, well, mm, okay. <laughs> we start the the first episode back with Lulu returning to camp after Sabaya has gone home. And Sean is kind of trying to figure things out as he's now clearly on the bottom as he was out of the vote. But this is the most I've kind of been engaged with, like, Sean. I mean, we'll get to it. <laughs> most I've been engaged with sort of, like, Sean's personality this episode. I saw in his title that he was a school principal, and I'm like, what? And but then like I'm like, as more we talked, I was like that kind of makes more sense because he has this like very like performative like not and not performative in like malicious in a malicious way, but just like he speaks like he's acting on in a play like. But it's like clearly an elementary school teacher because there's no way he's a high school administrator or and, a middle school administrator. And it's I think a I would imagine a Christian school. Because really? he, cause he says later that he was Mormon, right? And that no, he, no, no, was. 
he's not anymore because okay. he is hella gay. Because it just gives that vibe. Or some, like, maybe it's not Mormon, but it's, like, some, like, you know, the Episcopals would take him. I don't know. <laughs> do, do Episcopals have schools? Some do. Oh. Every once in a while. But, like, it's, yeah, it's just, I was, like, ugh. I, 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 I feel bad, but I don't. <laughs> we'll get to it. Um, Caleb, uh, you know, is, is noting that Sean's like kind of spinning the idea that Sabaya was like controlling him in this game. And so now he's free to just work with them. And he's like, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like, come on. Well, I mean, but it, it, it's true. <laughs> I mean, Sabaya was maybe a leader more than anything, but I think she just was that position. She like, was controlling him passively. But it was both consensual. Yes. It's it wasn't what, like she was strong arming him, but it was very much a, she gave him someone to follow, and so he followed. Yeah. <laughs> that moment when they're sitting by the fire and Sean goes to Caleb and goes, I'll just say, like, it wasn't my plan to vote you out. <laughs> it was Sabaya's plan. And em- er, Emily goes, no, it was me, <laughs> actually, <laughs> like, to vote me out. And Sean goes, man, this game. I mean, come <laughs> like he's <laughs> Oh, boy. Um. So they all meet up. All the tribes meet up. It seems like they're going to do a challenge. They they end up not doing it. Everyone is basically shocked that Sabaya has gone and let, like, she seems like, you know. I just, I could never get over. And I think I talked about this last season. Yeah. Um, I can never get over when everybody comes together for a challenge and the other two tribes are, like, jaws on the ground over who went home. Bitch, you don't know them. You, yeah, like you have no clue who these other motherfuckers are. I only get it if it's like someone who was clearly strong in challenges, like clearly, or, or if it's like you've had a tribe swap. Which spoiler alert, we're about to have. Yeah, like if you've had a tribe swap, then you have other people on other tribes who know that person. I could then get why there would be jaws on the ground, but y'all don't know her. Yeah, you literally have only seen her. In cha- you are not allowed to speak to each other. You, she hasn't been on any of the journeys with anybody. Nobody has connections to her outside the people in her tribe. Why are you surprised? Yeah, it doesn't make that much sense. Like it's, uh, yeah, it feels a little performative. But like you mentioned, so they're doing a tribe swap. Jeff says to drop your buffs, and they have to redraw new ones. Um, the makeup of how the tribes came together, I thought, was pretty interesting. Lulu is now the three remaining Lulu are now completely spit up into different tribes. Right. So they ended up each getting different buffs. So the way that Reba is uh, made up now, old Reba of D, Sifu, Julie, and J. Maya are still together with Sean from Lulu. Right. Then in Lulu, we have Caleb is original Lulu, and then we have Katura, Bruce, Kelly, and Jake, all from original Bello, right. now on Lulu. And then on Bello, we have it sort of split two and two, you have Kendra and Brando from Bell, the original Bello. You have Austin and Drew from the original Reba. And then you have Emily from original Lulu. So. It, it's a good mix. Yeah. It, like, I I kind of wish that they had producerized this instead of randomized it. Just to, because you, you end it, when you do it like this, you end up getting the strength improperly distributed. Right. Which I feel like when you have the assigned tribes at the beginning, they have literally gone through and gone, okay, which like they waited a little they, better. They weigh it better. Like you ended up with three strong people on one tribe. Like the new Reba tribe has like just Sifu. Yeah. 
like everybody else is smaller. Like I, I just I don't we needed a little bit more even, especially with the challenge that they ended up going with this week. Yeah. I agree. And how mad is Katura that she's on the same tribe with Bruce still? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh um, they speaking of Bruce, I will say they arrive back to the Lulu Beach, right? Because um, Bruce and and them are now in Lulu, and Bruce starts crying because it's the same beach that uh, he was on with Tika when he got medevac. Basically, uh-huh. I thought that was a sweet enough moment, like in terms in terms of things. It's like, oh, you're not performing for us now. That's great. I like to see a human behind whatever the fuck it is you're doing. You will then turn into an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> 3.2 seconds later. Yeah. But for, at least for this moment, it's good. Um, Caleb is worried that he's back on the bottom being the only person, the only Lulu person. Um, but he has to work his way up and build trustworthiness. And apparently he is just like, he's the most charismatic man in the world, apparently. And like every place he goes to, everyone's like, yeah, I want to work with Caleb. Well, and the thing is, is that he's laid back and chill about it. And so because he's not overtly playing the game, it makes people trust him more, but it's like, bro, he's the most game player guy out here right now. Yeah. Other than maybe Austin and Drew. Probably. Over on Reed. I don't get why Bellow? people... Bellow? No, uh, well... They're now, on Bellow now, right? Now they're on Bellow, yes. Right. Um, and, yeah, I don't get why they don't see that with Caleb. Yeah, I don't get it either, but I think maybe because we get confessionals, we have the benefit of behind-the-scenes stuff that sure. everybody else doesn't get, but, like, I don't know, I just... That moment also when, like, Caleb is, like, telling them everything of, like, certain things and then, like, talking about the journey that Bruce had also gone on and the way that Katura, like, interrupts Bruce to go, like, no, let Caleb talk about what he, what Brandon did on the – Brandon said that he did on the journey. Which <laughs> to, I just thought, like, Bruce, why are you mad about this? She's literally only known you for a few days. Yeah. Like, you should be happy that you have someone else here to corroborate your story. Which he did corroborate your story. So that all that does is ingratiate you to Katura. Yeah. If you were telling the truth, why does it matter? Right. Yeah. Um, over on Bello, Emily is wanting to play things really low key and get to know people this time around and sort of like she views it as like a restart. Like, you know, I did so poorly in the early goings. I had to rebound. Now I can just be the new version of me. Yeah. <laughs> and not have to worry about it. Um, and, and they finally have fire and Emily's like, Oh my God, thank fuck. We have fire. For now. the first time in this game, she's yeah. got fire. Um, Emily decides to tell them about like Sabaya's wax idol and all the stuff that happened with that. And they ingratiate Emily to them. Um, Drew is really pleasantly surprised by her and views her as sort of the swing vote that it's the two original Bello, two Reba with Emily in the middle. So he wants to have him and Austin sort of get Emily on their side and, you know, be the deciding factor in all of that stuff. Um, Jay Maya, uh, really bonds with Sean over on Reba a lot. Um, Sean is, you know, trying to be nice and ingratiate himself. Um, but Julie, uh, talks to, uh, Sifu and D about, you know, we should probably be Reba strong, you know, and she talks a lot about like Sifu's strength. Like, you know, he's, you know, which makes sense. I felt like, like all of this talk about getting Sifu out was just premature. Like, Conventional survivor logic is you don't get the strength out until right before the merge. Right. Because you want them for the end of, for the tribe challenges, but then you want to get rid of them before you get into individual challenges. Yeah. Like, why do you think at 15 people you're going into the merge? 
Stop well, it. Well, they seem to. We'll get to it by the end of the second episode. They do seem to go to the merge pretty quickly than usual. At least from what it we felt seen. like it. Like yeah. uh, by the end, you know. So the end of the second episode we're going to talk about today. They preview the next episode. So the one that's coming out next week, and it's merge. But it's at 13 people, so I think they're going to do that thing where we're merged but not merged. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. So where you have half the people are safe, half of them go to tribal. Can we make it simpler? It's just... We'll we'll get to something later. Can we go back to the 20-man, like, uh, format and two tribes? I really prefer that format. Yeah, but the as they as they get the chance, the uh, the girls at um or D and Julie at um at Reba go through Sean's bag to see if he has an idol and like make sure that the tie is exactly correct. And right, because so- he had this complicated knot that he did. <laughs> um, Jay Maya, which good on him, like smart, smart. Uh, Jay Maya basically tells Sean that uh, Sifu is the one that's on the outs and that they could take him out because Jay Maya is open to working with Sean now. But Jay Maya has to basically convince, try to convince the other girls that it's better to get keep right. Sean, get rid of Sifu. We get more Sifu air guitaring. I'm moving on. I can't. But I will say, we'll see it later where Sifu, his character shifts. And I kind of like the fact that it shifted because this sort of like, I like Tai Chi and I'm cool. Like, I was done with it, and now he's in full, like, um, American Psycho vibes. Yeah, but it's still American Psycho if American Psycho was obsessed with Kung Fu Panda. Sure. Yeah, it's like, it's that, what, what's the fucking movie that I, I, I was really upset to find out that they're making, that I, that I saw the trailer of recently. It's the popular video game that's now being made into a horror movie. With the animatronics. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, Five Nights at Freddy's? Yeah. It's like, it's, it's like I'm cute and cuddly, but also I'm just sharpening my knife over here to fucking murder well, like, you. Everything he says after, well, spoiler alert, they, they lose the, the challenge and go to tribal. And everything he says after that is, no, 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 no. It's next episode. No, after- it, no, it's this episode. Okay. So, well, no, no, no. I mean, the way that he's talking right. changes next episode after Tribal, and there's someone that wrote his name down. So everything he says after that is vaguely threatening. And it's like, what are you doing? You sound like a bad, like, Batman villain or something. What's what's happening? I hate it. It was awful. Yeah. Over on New Lulu. Um, Katura is noticing that Bruce and Kelly are kind of gravitating towards each other and that, and also towards Caleb to sort of try to, you know, do that. And she's like, no, Bruce has to go. I'm not staying with Bruce anymore. So she's trying to then grab Caleb to sort of like put some negative things out there about Bruce and that. <laughs> Katura in her confessional, this was so funny being like, you know, I'm just so, keep, there's once an episode where Katura just gives a confessional with how annoyed she is with Bruce. Yeah. Oh, Bruce, you're so lovable. You cracked your head. We all got sad. Yay. Your head's fixed. It's like, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Uh, she's coming for his neck real hard. Um, and then Caleb is just like taking in all this information from Katura. He says at one point, I was at the water well, but I was no longer thirsty. I was quenched. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we then go to the immunity challenge. Um, it's basically, so they have to start in the ocean. They swim to this cage that's in the ocean that they then have to lift out of the ocean and onto the sand. And it's like a, Heavy fucking cage. Well, yeah, because it's this big, like, bamboo structure. Yeah. 
Um, then they have to one person has to dig under to be like the rebound person because then you have to shoot these balls into a net from inside the cage. Yeah, from inside. It's I, just like what are we doing? It seemed different, which I liked. Yeah, but still, it was it was weird. Yeah, I didn't like it. Um, Lulu ends up getting first, so it's the first time Lulu. At, well, the Lulu tribe. Like, literally only one of those people. <laughs> oh, really? The one that was, like, naturally strong, Caleb. Like, when right. you put him on the tribe with other strong people, like, they win. Cool. Right. <laughs> like, And then Bello also wins. Yeah, Bello second got second. Place. And then Reba goes uh, to tribal. Emily's so, like, I immediately go, so it was Sean's fault. <laughs> yeah. So Sean's the problem. Oh, and then this, so they go, the winning ones go back to camp with their immunity. Jeff then uh, is, like, about to send Reba off, and Jeff goes, D, is there any weird excitement, like, going to Tribal for the first time since you haven't been? Is there any, like, weird excitement? And D is just crying, going, there's no excitement going to Tribal. And I'm like, yeah, that's a stupid fucking question, Jeff. It's only been 45 seasons. Why are you thinking people, like... Yeah, I really want to go to Tribal. Like... Like, I get that it's, like, the the iconic bit of Survivor is going to Tribal. Great. I'll get that when I get to the merge. But nobody wants to go to Tribal. Fuck off. Like, and at the, if you're going to spend that narrative, at least say it at Tribal. Don't say it now when they just lost. Right. Well, and the thing is, is that Jeff's only experience of Tribal is with the knowledge that he ain't going anywhere. Ugh. He's never experienced tribal as a castaway. Yeah, exactly. Asshole. Like <laughs> uh, uh that oh, in that moment when they I was like, normally after this they just show whoever lost, like the planning. They go to Lulu's camp though, even though they won. And I'm glad they did, because there was that funny moment where Caleb is like just so excited, like we got our flint too because we won, etc. And Bruce is like looking through his pockets and he's like, I don't what? I would have killed him. And he's like, oh, I got a zipper. And then pulls out. And, the, and Katura's face in her confessional was like, this is why I fucking hate this man. Can we throw him in the fucking ocean? Um, then, okay, now, now we go to Reba as they're strategizing. Um, Sean is telling seafood, like, you know, I'm loyal, you know, you also, I love him being, someone pointed out Sean being like to Reba being like, you know, I'm loyal. You can work with me. They don't know this, but like, you're clearly not loyal. You fucking uh, like what happened at your tribal that you got blindsided on <laughs> like yeah. the last episode. And, but seafood's like, no, nah, I think it's, I think it's Reba strong. I find it hard to like that. That's going to break. Um, and Sifu basically tells us, like, if Sean goes, like, all the eyes are then just going to go on to me. And then he goes, that means Sifu would have to fight his way out. And then he does his Tai Chi moves. I just, I can't. <sighs> I'm, I'm, I'm exhausted. Yeah. And Julie's like, Sean needs to go out so we can win the next challenge. Because we, if we lose Sifu, we are fucked, <laughs> basically. Uh, and then Jay Maya is like, you know. Sifu may play his idol, and this could be our only chance to get him out. Because I forgot where they've got to... Oh, I guess J. Maya doesn't know that... J. Maya thinks Sifu has an idol because of what the whole, like, Austin and Drew, like, through the... Right. The, well, and also, him. Sifu is acting like he has... <laughs> 
been searching for, he has been searching for an idol the entire time yeah he's really, he's getting he's getting a razzie for that acting performance by the way though. jesus christ it's bad um d is like okay so let's how about this so how about we do sifu and then sean immediately after and then we're the three women still and we're fine um but julie's still kind of worried they tell sean that they go to sean and tell him Look, it's Sifu, but we're just using your name as a decoy. And she, Sean's like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, I'm the odd man out. Of course, I would be the decoy. It's fine. It was at this moment that Sean should have said, hey, by the way. <laughs> by the way. Uh, and, but, oh, so this is before we get it. So, but Sifu is now sort of noticing that, like, it could be, you know, it's a little too quiet and a little too, you know, peaceful. Sifu is just sharpening his machete and they start playing like creepy music in the background like <laughs> he goes We're, we've been so kumbaya julie julie goes we still are but you know we got an outsider see if he goes is that what he is he didn't get to you guys julie goes no <laughs> it's just it's exhausting it's so crazy uh um we then go to tribal council okay rant time we had all this game planning, right? You you alluded to it. We had all this game planning uh, in the past segment. Sean knows the game plan. It's Sifu, but we're going to use you as a decoy. And he's like, cool, awesome, great. And then they're just talking at Tribal, as you normally do. Just talking about Tribal. And, you know, Sean talks about, you know, oh, he does say he's a first grade teacher, by the way. I saw that in my notes. That, oh, yeah. okay. So you're correct. Um, and he's like, you know, it really taught me to sort of, you know, embrace failure and, and all that. And then... He starts tearing up, and it's like, okay, he's emotional. And then he's basically like, you know, it's, it's, this experience has also taught me a lot. And he's very like, he's, che he's like cheesing for each of the people. Like, he'll like turn to one of them and then turn to the other. And like, he's like performing. I'm sorry. Yeah. It fell's performing. And then he goes, and, you know, it just tells me how much I miss my husband at home. And I go, no. No. And then he goes, I think th is why I want to tell you at this point, you know, go and write my name down on the parchment. God damn it. The way Jeff's face falls. If he had not had a metric fuck ton of Botox injected into his face, I think it would have fully cracked. And he... It's so sad that he can't yell at them anymore. I said it with the with the Hannah one. It's so sad he can't yell at them. And he wants to so badly. He's like, I just want to get your answer again so you don't regret what you're saying, Sean. And he's like, no, I know. I, I've made this decision. It's like. You were saying in the opening, can we cast people who want to actually win Survivor? It's just it, there is a hunt. Is it a million? Yeah, it's a million dollars, right? Uh huh. It's a million dollars. You can be a millionaire. I mean, with taxes, whatever. But fine. But like, this isn't a this isn't fucking summer camp. I just I also want to point out here. Th this is what really fucking pissed me off. For those of you who don't know how this works, um, so everyone. When they're um when they are eliminated off of Survivor, yeah, go off. Um, they go to Ponderosa. Used to be that we got a web series Ponderosa of each person, at least with a jury, with the we, jury 
we got everybody arriving at Ponderosa, getting their meal, getting their clothes, getting, you know, to see themselves in a mirror for the first time. They get away in all of those things, right? Yeah. And then they get to, you know, um, greet each person that comes in after them and talk about the elimination and all of those sorts of things. Right. We get to see all of that previously. We don't get that in New Era Survivor. Um but what most people may not realize is that pre-jury, that happens as well. You still go to Ponderosa. The difference is, is that when, when you get to jury, all of those people are then sent home that are pre-jury. They aren't sending people home every couple days on a plane. They wait and put them on the same flight out of Fiji. Yeah. Motherfucker could have stayed on at least until right before the merge. Can I also tell you? And he still would have gone home at the same time. What I was also really mad about, he did interviews because you do post interviews whenever you're on server. Right. And he was like, so actually, no, before I get that, I have to lay out what happens next because it plays into it. So then, cause, but they're not like, he's not quitting, right? They're like, we're going to still go through the process of voting, right? And you're going to write my name on the parchment or whatever the fuck. And then... D gets an idea in her head and she's looking at J Maya and then she looks over to Julie and she just whispers Sifu write Sifu's name like and so it, and this, it was, this was stupid I, you, I, th- I you, thought it was stupid initially to go after Sifu right now I think Sean was the better option anyway but I also thought this was even stupider than the original, because number one, trying to pull off a last minute change like that yeah. in the middle of tribal without getting up and huddling, right? Right? Without being able to actually talk about it, that was dumb. I think her logic was we, she specifically says, Sifu, then Sean. We're going to go in that order in terms, like, we're going to take Sifu out. If we lose the challenge because Sifu's gone or whatever, then we'll take out Sean. She, I think what she was thinking was, well, if he's just going to quit, we'll get two for the fucking price of one. And hopefully, because of that, it'll minimize the opportunity in which the merge will then happen. And then... I mean, maybe, but you're risking a whole hell of a lot on the off chance that they decide to move the merge up. Yeah. Also on the off chance that Sean then decides to go ahead and quit just because he wasn't voted out. Well, That's what I was going to say. It's he, like, you're, it, it's a lot that has to happen that you're betting on happening. That is not guaranteed. He gets asked in his interview that he does with like entertainment weekly or something like what would have happened if the Sifu vote worked and they got rid of Sifu. He's like, I probably would have stayed and like, you know, worked it, trying a way to work it out. So why are you going home? Why are you quitting? What's the fucking point? Well, and that goes back to what I was saying. What is the point? Because you don't get to call home yeah. when you get to Ponderosa. You don't get access to a phone. You don't get access to internet or anything like that. You just get to go to Ponderosa. Yeah. All you get is food and electricity. So motherfucker could have stayed on the island and still gone home at the same time. Right. Like I just, it, it pisses me off. Like there are so many people who like, I get that people are like, 
well, once you get out there, it's different. Fuck you. Why did you chant? But also, what happened in the t- 24 hours or two days from the last tribal council that you figured this out? Why didn't you go home last tribal council and Sabaya could fucking stay? Right. She wanted to be there. Right. She's maybe the only member of Lulu that's gone home that actually at least wanted to be there. Right. I, that That's what pisses me. Like, the Hannah one, whatever. Like, you went out first. Sure. So I don't, like... Like, you can say that she took a spot from one of the alternates, and I think there's some validity to that, but at the end of the day, you went home first. Right. But Sabaya went home instead of him. He could have gone home instead of Sabaya. Yeah. I Like, I am all for, like, making Survivor a positive experience and whatever. But at the end of the day, it is still a reality te- television competition. It is not summer camp. It is not a kumbaya session where you learn about yourself. If you want to fucking go on, there's other shows where you can do that. There's Naked and Afraid. There's fucking, like, that Special Forces show where Tom Sandoval is learning to be a human, apparently, or whatever. I don't know. I don't think he learned. (laughs) He wants us to believe that anyways. But, like, those are the shows to go on if you want to learn a lesson about yourself as a person. If you want to win a million dollars and be cutthroat as fuck and compete, then be on fucking Survivor. Exactly. Like, I'm sick of it. Like, casting needs to do a better job vetting these people. And it's frustrating because they clearly have to go through a psych evaluation to get on the show. People have talked about going through a psych evaluation to be on the show, but they're really bad at giving those psych evaluations, apparently, because they can't weed through people that actually have any business being on that. Like, it's going to get to a certain point where it's going to become a danger. Like, you get that, right? Like, it's... It's not, you can't do that to people. People have to train to be ready to come out there. And when you come out there and you have not prepared both mentally and physically to be on that island, you, like, it's going to fuck you up. But at least, even if it's, and I'm not saying this legitimately, I'm more joking when I say this, at least use mental health as an excuse. Yeah. At least say that you have depression or whatever the fuck. Instead of just saying, I miss my husband. Or I really need a smoke, <laughs> Hannah. Uh, so D ends up voting for Sifu, but the other two girls don't. They just go with the plan or whatever. And so it's 3-1-1. There's, a vote, there's three votes for Sean, one for D, one for, for Sifu. And then Sifu is confused. Sean gets up and leaves. And as he's hugging Sifu, Sifu goes, did you vote for me? And Sean goes... No. What an asshole. So you threw everyone else under the bus. Just like completely chuck them under the fucking bus. In the second episode, Julie is like, what an asshole. Yeah. Why would he like you quit? And then you fucking just like, we've done, we've done nothing but be nice to you. We've literally tried to keep you here. Well, and then Sifu does all of this like vaguely threatening shit to all the other women on the tribe. Yeah. And it's, it's the issue becomes this is a large man. Yeah. It was getting who is weird. making very threatening, like both physical and verbal gestures towards these women. Yeah. And it's like, I need you to stop. Let's get to so then we go to ep- the next episode, right? And they're coming back to camp, 
and it's just awkward silence. They're all sitting in camp, not talking because everyone's nervous. Sifu goes, my name coming up was a surprise. Was it a surprise to see yours, D? <laughs> it's like, well, fuck. D is basically trying to say that she voted for Sean. And all of them are like, I voted for Sean, 100%. Sifu's like, well, Sean told me he didn't write my name. So. <laughs> so I, I also am not understanding. Did Sifu vote for D? Sifu voted. Who voted for D? No, no, Sean voted for D. So, well, but that's what I'm not understanding. When these girls all say they voted for Sean, where did the D vote come from in their theory? Like, I get that they're not going to be honest and say, yeah, 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 Sifu, I voted for you. But, like, you have to account for the D vote. That's true. That's very true. Where did the D vote come from? And... (laughs) That's such a good point. That's such a good point. Because I was trying to theorize, like, maybe they could say, like, well, Sifu, he may have voted for you and lied about it to you when he left because he wants the Lulu people to be have an advantage, right? And wants to break us apart and cause dissension. That's what I would have said. But you're right. It doesn't account for the Devo. I mean, what I would have done is if I was Julie or Jay, yeah, I would have said... I couldn't vote for Sean. It just broke my heart, and I knew D would be safe. So I just threw a vote on her. Sure. Because I couldn't bring myself to vote for Sean. It broke my heart. Like, that at least was believable. <laughs> like, you. So are you now trying to gaslight Sifu that Sifu voted for D? Honestly, he may, he may be like, maybe I did vote for him. <laughs> Sifu says that they're good actors, but he'll need to do some reconnaissance and get and figure it out. And you were like, reconnaissance? What are you going to do? Like, go, like, find the camera footage of them voting? Like, that's the only reconnaissance that's going to... What? Yeah. We go to Bello. Um, Bello is starving at this point. Like, they haven't had that much food, and they're just like... Um, and then th- we just get this whole scene where Kendra basically is contemplating eating a worm that she found. <laughs> And she tries to. But she doesn't do it right. Like, no, you got to chew that motherfucker. She tried to throw it back like a pill. <laughs> and it's like, you realize that worms can swim, right? So when <laughs> you, like, swallow water, it's just going to swim right back up your throat. And you're like, no. Nope. You got to <laughs> kill it in your mouth and then swallow it. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Uh um, and then, okay, so then we go to Lulu. They're going to, uh, they were about to like go hunt for crabs. And then we see Jake collapsing again, like he Ugh. did by the fire. And like Kelly, luckily, I guess, is a doctor, I believe, or some, a nurse. A nurse. And she's like, I think it's just your blood pressure dropping. And like, yeah. you know, and that makes more sense. And that makes me feel better than he's having like some like neurological thing or whatever. Yeah. But he's really pissed at himself for it. And he's like being, because well, he, does, he, he doesn't want to get medevaced. And that's reasonable. Like, yeah. you know. Um, and then we get sort of his backstory that he basically, before getting coming to the game, he weighed like 287. And like he was a, he said, he said like I was actually like a really bad binge eater. Like it yeah. was like more of a mental health thing. Well, like, it, it was an eating disorder. Yeah. It, and yeah. people don't talk about that realm of it. Right. Right. In terms of, in terms of eating disorders. Um, but that he, you know, sort of figured how to, you know, come back from it all and, you know, rebound and, and all that. 
I'm also I know he's from Boston. His accent. It's so hard to and, like and listen had, to him and talk about like a moving and like deeply emotional thing that he's going through. And he just sounds like it's it's awful. Going it's, home, that would stab me right in the heart. <laughs> it's just I can't. I cannot. And then I just it, while I'm listening to him, it reminded me of the fact that a lot of linguists um, have um, come to realize that, you know, the, the British accent is not the original British accent. The yeah, original yeah, yeah. accent for English is much closer to the Bostonian accent. And I just, I can't imagine that accent being the accent that conquered and colonized <laughs> so much of the world. It's just like, really? It's like we're in a fucking Monty Python movie. How, or did, how did, can you imagine royals with that accent? What? <laughs> what? Absolutely not. Uh, Absolutely not. I just, it, uh, I can't. Um, at one point, Katura is alone at camp, so she starts to look for an idol. But then she runs into them because, like, they're, like, calling for her. And she tries to play it cool, be like, yeah, I was just looking for, like, papayas. And they're like. I don't know why anyone lies at this point like that. And Kelly, Kelly is like, the, her game is actually really sloppy and she feels like kind of more of a liability. So, like, yeah. um, you know, Caleb has basically everyone wanting to work with him. He eventually like finishes everyone working with wanting to work with him and gets Kelly on his side. So now he's like, literally he's like the, the fan favorite apparently of like everyone. Yeah. I don't know how that happened, but you know. Um, the Rube, uh, the Reba women are just, uh, talking as like Sifu's away and she's about how they just like, can't even respect what Sean did at this point. Like they, D was literally like, fuck Sean, fuck his ass for quitting. Yeah. And like, <laughs> like I, who would, who, how would anyone fucking do that? Like, come on. Like I, I would be fine with it if he had told, like he was literally with them when they were making this plan to go after Sifu. Yeah. He could have at, at that point said, Hey, this is what's going to happen. Don't go after Sifu. Just go after me and we'll just. And they were genuinely so fucking nice to him. And like, like Jay Maya was like fully willing to work with him at a certain point, And it's like, uh, he completely blew up their games for no good goddamn reason. Sifu, we find out, is putting together put it, put together a fake idol at one point with like beads and stuff like that, and then he's like, "It's so bad." He's literally is with J, uh, D by the camera. He goes, "I'm not worried, you know, because I have an advantage." <laughs> D's like, "You have an idol." Sifu goes, "Shh, dude, this and, is so bad." Well, and then she just calmly goes. Wow, that's huge. <laughs> <laughs> it's like she's not even hiding the fact that she doesn't believe him. <laughs> yeah. And this was, you were talking about how Sifu was like making them uncomfortable. And like yeah. the mo this was the moment because he's talking to Jay Mai and goes, you know, in Tai Chi, we have this thing called push hands. You know, it's where you kind of feel out your opponent's energy like before a fight. It's like one of my favorite things to do. And then just walks off and Jay Mai is like. It's, it's so like. The thing is, is he's trying to be menacing. Yeah. And while that is worrisome, but it's also laughable because it's, he's really bad at it. But the fact that he's trying to be menacing is still a problem. Yeah. Like, stop it. You're stop making, threatening these women. You're making the choice to do this. Yeah. Um, Brand, uh, over on Bello, Brando 
is bonding, trying to bond with Drew over Pokemon. And just after the whole Sean thing and how mad I am with the casting, I was like, you fucking nerds. I need some, like, <laughs> I'm so sick of this. <laughs> um, and You're he, not Cochran. Stop it. And he explicitly says that he wants a ner- to maybe form a nerd alliance with Drew and Emily. <laughs> Drew's just like, no. <laughs> yeah. He tells him to his face, unless, like, a bellow goes home, like, I'm not open to it. <laughs> And you were like, I don't think anyone's like just straight up bit told like no to someone over an alliance. I've never seen that before. I mean, I've not seen every season of Survivor, but I've seen a good number of them. I've never seen that before. Yeah. Um. Then we go to Lulu. So Katura and Bruce are still not loving each other. Um. At one point, they're arguing over like the concept of push presence. Bruce is like, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. That's the only time I will agree with Bruce. I I think that the idea of push presence is fucking stupid. <laughs> like, I, like I agree. The baby is the gift. Yeah. Like you, you like I get I get the incentive of wanting a gift as much as possible. Like any excuse to get gifts. I don't know. I think. But be honest about it. Yes, but I I think in terms of push presents, it should be a present from the husband. That, yeah. It's not a present that you get from your friends or family or anything. Your husband should be going, I really appreciate all of the work and the pain and the struggle that you have gone through these last nine months. It definitely should. And I want to commemorate that and give you this present. It's not equal, but I think, you know... I want to acknowledge that you've been through a lot more than I have in these last nine months. Right. But it's like, it shouldn't be from other people. Right. You have a registry and it's for baby stuff. Correct. Like that, that's what it's for. And then they're talking about how they're like kind of low on papaya and, and running out and they're thinking of what they need to do and whatever. And Katura makes a comment like, you know, maybe we'll just skip, you know, eating today or whatever. Right. To save it for the next day before the challenge. And Bruce doesn't like that. Cause Bruce is a man and he needs to eat. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And then Bruce goes, I'm going to be Bruce right now. That's probably one of the dumbest things. And then Katara goes, oh. And then he's like, no, no, no. I didn't mean it. He's like, no, oh, no. You just said one of the dumbest things. It's fine. And it's like, Jesus, Bruce. And then uh, – and now it's starting to realize with Caleb too that it's also pissing Caleb off. Yeah. Because at one point, Caleb, they're, they're discussing like, yeah, I think we'll maybe like go and like collect wood on like the beach line or whatever. And Bruce goes, are we talking about it or are we doing it? I hate people who are like that. I hate – like, no, I'm going to do it in like 30 seconds. But I'm yeah. vocalizing it. So shut the fuck up. But also, like, I'm vocalizing it because I it puts it out into the world for, like, accountability purposes. So yeah. that if I don't get up in 30 seconds, you can be like, hey, were you going to still go and get that? And, oh, yeah. I remember now. Thank you. Like, it, stop being a dick, Bruce. And then, like, at a, another point, I think, like, he... Are Bruce and Jake are on the same tribe right now, right? Yes. So at one point, Jake is like laying on the ground, and Bruce like tells him to get his fat ass up or something. Oh, I missed that. It pissed me off. It pissed me off. I missed that. That is bad. Especially, Especially with all of the stuff we just learned about Jake. Like that pissed me. Like okay, sure. 
am do I like Jake because he's very very good to look at? Absolutely. <laughs> but putting that aside. But putting that aside, like you just don't talk to people that way. And he he he's at this point done it to multiple people. He's yeah. talked he talks to Katura that way. He talks to Jake that way. Like it's just he's an ass. When we when we get off of this podcast, I'm going to tell you who I just realized Bruce reminds me of, but that's going to be offline. Well, it'll be offline. <laughs> oh, not to sell. It's not that for is you, on the, people. That is on the non-existent um, marriage privileges only Patreon. Yes. <laughs> Subscribe today. Um, no. Uh, one subscriber available, and it's me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we go to the immunity challenge. It's a three-level obstacle course that they first have to go through to collect keys. They unlock a hook. That hook releases sandbags, so that they have to then slingshot at targets right pretty straightforward and then also they get fresh fish as a reward yay it's, reward challenge um emily and kelly end up sitting out um they go through it. it's pretty kelly was not happy about it oh yeah i forgot yeah kelly was like real <laughs> it's like girl i, I honestly if i don't want to like if i'm if i cannot get blamed for a challenge i'm fine yeah. like i'm I, like you know less challenges the better um reba ends up getting first uh, with Lulu coming in second, and then Bello ends up going to Tribal Council. Emily's really sad because she's like, I've literally been to every fucking Tribal Council except one. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. But hey, you could be the Denise of the season. I mean, Denise went to every, but... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, Denise and Malcolm went to every one, right? Yeah, except the final one, obviously. Yeah. Um. Uh. Also, oh, they also get to pick who goes on a journey for Reba winning. Three people get to go on a journey. Um, they end up picking J. Maya wins like rock, paper, scissors to go for Reba. Uh, then they're taking Kelly and they're taking Austin. And then J. Maya just because exp- Jeff is asking, like, why are you taking, you know, Kelly? She's like, oh, because she was upset about, you know, not being in the challenge. And then for Austin, she goes, you know, we know Austin, you know, being original Reba. And, you know, we're curious to what information she, you know, he can get us from the other side. Idiot. Why would you say that? <laughs> Like, you literally just painted a giant target on his back for his tribe. Well, I guess maybe J. Maya isn't aligned with Austin necessarily, because the, the alliance is mainly Austin, Drew, D, and Julie of that group. Oh, that's right. So maybe that was unintentional on J. Maya's part, but, like, I mean, if I not, guess, that seems but... really bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, but even then, why would she then throw an ally of her allies under the bus like that. Yeah. Because she literally is aligned with Julie and D right now. And that's all you have right and now. And that's all you have. So why I don't mm, yeah. it was dumb. It it was dumb. Um they go back to camp. Bello Lots of dumb things happening on Reba right now. <laughs> uh Bello is basically like, okay, how about we all just like organize scramble? Like we all just go talk to each other. We know we're gonna talk talk to each other. So they all go off. Kendra tells Emily she thinks they should take out Drew um, in this. And, she, and and she's saying that Emily's like, you think Brando will like be with us, et cetera. And Kendra's like, I have no worry that that's going to happen. Brando is absolutely with us. Cut to Brando talking to Drew going, so I'll offer you my shot in the dark if you take out Kendra. <laughs> absolutely bonkers. Brando was actually, I was impressed by him. In how chaotic he was in this, in sort of a very, but in a very not controlled way, but like calculated way. Yes, but in my opinion, chaos is never a good idea right. on Survivor because 
it's at least not in small groups. In the larger groups, when you have like the ten person tribes, the it chaos helps. can be great because you can hide in the chaos. But when there's literally four people in the camp right now, because one of them's on the journey, there's four people in the camp. There's nowhere to hide in the chaos. Sure, that's true. The the chaos is good for hiding. You can't. Like, that's not how this works right now. Yeah. But so Drew Tacey tells him, you know, no need to give me a shot in the dark. Like, I'll, we'll take out, if you go with taking out Ken, Kendra, fine. But Brando actually doesn't want to take out Kendra. He just doesn't want his name to be written down by that side of the group. So he's like, I still want to work with Kendra. But, like, I want to, if, if it's going to be anyone, it's, I hope, I just don't want it to be me. Right. At the end of the day. Um, Drew thinks that Brando is, like, playing him on this. And then relays what Brando said to Emily. See, I just thought it was real dumb for him to put his ally up. Why wouldn't he then go... Put Emily take, up? Take Emily. Because, because it, she's not aligned to anyone. Well, I mean, the, but I do... Uh, I think he probably understands what, like, Drew understood, which is, like, if we take out Emily, then that becomes then two, two and two, two, and that gets way more complicated. Right. Um, but so Drew tells um, Emily what Brando said. Emily then goes to Brando, and then Brando tells Emily that it was actually Drew's idea, which is a lie. Right. But Emily's like, well, that kind of actually makes more sense, though, because why would Brando sell out Kendra? Like, like so now she just believes that it was Drew who right. organized the plan that Drew's lying. Um, Emily and Brando then take this to Kendra. <laughs> Kendra being, like, so upset about it. It's like... I have like a rage burning inside of me. And it's like, she's like, I'm a cat in a bag or whatever. And she just keeps making cat noises. Like, <laughs> and like her eyes are bugging. And like, it's she, so made, good. she made so many faces here that were like, <laughs> it was bonkers. Okay. I won't go too far into this journey. Cause this journey ended up just pissing me off. They go on the journey. They climb up this huge mountain. They get an option, either sandwiches or what looks like idols. And we were like, okay, Oh, well, this is straightforward, like idols or sandwiches. And they all have to agree to do one or the other. Right. Or, or a majority does, right? Was it all, all agree or was it a majority? I think, yeah, it was majority rules. Okay. But like, so they get, but they're not idols, apparently. They're amulets. Well, <laughs> we've seen this one before, right? Have we? Yes. Um, it's the one where you have three and you have to use them together. And if you use them together at three people in the game, then it gives you the ability to have an extra vote. And if you, um, if you ha use it when one person has been eliminated and you only have two amulets it's left, a it's a vote. steal a vote. And if you're the only person left with an amulet, then it's a full on immunity idol. But they were, they kept, they said in the instructions that you have to use them together. But you're on three separate. Oh, but they knew that the tri the merge was about to happen. Production <laughs> knew that. Sure. But they didn't know that. So, like, why would you choose a thing that's not going to give you anything right now? When they were explaining it, it made my head hurt. It's so dumb. And I, I hate these overly complicated. Can we please get back to an idol that is just a fucking idol? Yeah. That you don't have to give up a vote for or you don't have to, like, get three people together that stack e on top of each other and do a hula dance in order to activate it. Like, this is stupid. Like, give me a fucking idol. Yeah, and it's like, I was honestly rooting for Austin just being like, I want the sandwiches. I'm hungry. I literally, I, if I were him, I would have just said, 
fuck y'all and just grabbed the sandwich and started eating it because what are they going to do? Yeah, that's true. Then they don't have an option. Production will just go, you have to take the sandwiches. Yeah. Um, Emily's uh, talking to Drew and basically being like, so Brando told me that you pitched the idea. And he's like, no, Brando did. And she's like, I don't believe that. <laughs> that doesn't make sense to me. Like right to Drew's face. I mean, I, I love her though, because her analytical brain is exactly what you need to do well in Survivor. Yeah. It, it, she actually could win. I, th- I think she I think she could too. I, I really enjoy her. Yeah. Um, we go to Tribal Council. Uh, they go through the the stuff. Austin, because Austin doesn't have a vote. Well, no, he has a vote. So there's like three different things going on right oh. now. He's got this stupid amulet that they just got that he didn't even want. Right. But that one doesn't come into play right now. He has an idol. He has an idol that he that, the only that is only wor- that is only valid for one, his first tribal council unless he, he gives up a vote in order to give it power until the merge and then he has to give up a second vote in order to make it valid until top six and but he decides that okay i'm going to sacrifice my vote to extend my idol but and then, then i'm going to use the goodwill advantage to restore the vote that i just sacrificed right so the goodwill advantage for those who don't remember came <laughs> from I believe Caleb from Caleb when he was visiting yep. to steal the fishing gear, he gave it to Drew, who gave who it then to Austin. gave it to Austin, who used it. It's like I'm so tired. Yeah, this is stupid. I hate it. How do you? How do you like? If Austin gets to the end, how does he relay that on his like resume? Right? Like, well, he has to pull out a whiteboard. So you see here. <laughs> uh, but it ends up being three to two splits because Austin gets his vote back. So it's three to two split. And then Brando ends up going home because the re- old Reba and Emily vote for Brando. Right. And Kendra's shocked about it. Like so, shocked in that her law, her jaw was literally on the ground. Yeah. She was catching flies with that. It was, it was great. Kendra's pulling faces. I really, because we haven't really seen a lot of Bello in the, in the yeah. uh, tribe up to this point. So getting to see her now more than we were in the first few episodes is nice. Um, so she's, she's becoming very memeable. Yeah. Very memeable. <laughs> I, I have like five different ones. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was good, but yeah, that was survivor for these last two weeks. Um, quick programming note. I think we're going to restructure things in terms of the stuff that we do here on the actual podcast. Right. Um, and won't be reviewing every week of survivor. Um, we may give more of our instant thoughts each week. If you follow us on TikTok and on Instagram and our social medias, we'll be posting sort of our thoughts, maybe more there. Well, and we'll probably still be live tweeting as we have been up till now. Um, just thoughts and things. And sometimes, sometimes we're also, um, posting stuff on our, our personal twitters so follow us there too yeah um so like you'll you'll see stuff from us from all the shows um but we won't necessarily always get to it on the podcast because it's a lot we restructured things because there was a lot of stuff coming down the pike in terms of Of bravo really it's it like we've got um beverly hills came out this week we've got potomac's on the way is on the way married to medicine is on the way we um Miami. Literally still, uh, Miami is on the way. We And that's just what's coming out new in November and this week. Then we also still have Salt Lake City. Yeah. And then, like, so it's, we've got a lot. It's a lot. Of so, and we, we feel like 
those are the things that you as our listeners would rather us prioritize. And it's honestly what we enjoy doing uh, reviews of more. So we want to stick to that because it's messier. Yeah. It's messier and that's what we all love. So uh, we're going to review that more for you guys as a priority. Um, And then really just check in periodically when we have space on the pod with things like Survivor and whatnot. Speaking of messy, we're going to take a quick commercial break and we are going to get to one of the messiest shows on television right now. House of Villains, don't go anywhere. Well, hello, friends. I'm your pal in the mainstream media. And I'm the Riz. And, you know, Riz, it takes years of strenuous, dedicated training before you're worthy to step inside a professional wrestling ring. But it takes even more time to develop complex, highly astute opinions about professional wrestling. Am I right? That is correct. Yes. And you know where we can find that? Yes. On the Wrestling Man. That's right. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And if you're anything like us, you live your life out loud. And when it comes to issues of discrimination, inequity, and outright bigotry... We use every platform we have to speak out against systems of oppression that perpetrate violence against marginalized groups. That's why we are so proud to wear designs from the Survivors Know merch store. Their team has created designs that feature unapologetic, empowering, and survivor-centered messaging that range from mild, like accountability is love and toxicity is not on the menu, to a little more spicy, like one of my favorites. Fuck your laws, fuck your system, transformative justice now, which has a cute little happy flower on it. Each design is available on a variety of items from t-shirts and hoodies to bags, blankets, magnets, and even stickers. And as more items become available, the options will continue to grow. 100% of the proceeds go back into supporting the amazing work done at Survivors Know to support survivors, workers, and survivor advocates by organizing, challenging the status quo, and creating alternatives to the systems that fail us. Support Survivors Know by shopping today at SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. That's SurvivorsKnow.Threadless.com. Sidekick Media Services. We are your sidekick in business for social media, video production, and more. Find out more at SidekickMediaServices.com. Welcome back to A Gay is MB. Let's head on over to the dark side because I'm finally, like, not really finally, but somehow liking Omarosa. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. It, it's it's a crazy turn of events, but we're, we're here to talk about House of Villains. Do you need to take your temperature? Like, what's going on? It's ridiculous. I literally, up until this show, have hated this woman with a passion. <laughs> I love her on this so much. She, it's so good. She really it, it's kind of her show right now. I wish she had never been in politics because then sure. I could actively like her on reality but television. Here's, here's the thing. I've divorced her like politics stuff because I don't think she actually is political. I think she just was in the Trump administration because of The Apprentice. I think and, she was in the administration because she was like, this is messy. Let's have fun. Exactly. And I need a job. <laughs> Fuck it. Like, like. We'll get, I'll get, I have a lot of thoughts on her later, but so we're reviewing House of Villains. We, this has been highly anticipated. The minute this got like announced in like press, like months and months and months ago, we were like, holy shit, this is amazing. Yeah. We need to watch We this. have been waiting with bated breath. Um, and so it's on E and I don't really watch a lot of E reality because it's a lot of times like, it's more like, eh, 
it's a little lowbrow for me for the most part in many ways. <laughs> like as if House of Villains is highbrow. I don't know. I mean, I will say that they are cross promoting it on Bravo. It, right. it does air on Bravo as well. So, but it, I, I really like these first two episodes. I think it's, it's interesting from a production standpoint. It's very, it's very camp. Yeah. They're leaning into the like absurdity of it in a way. Um, and the, I'm going to say it's also very low budget. Low budget in that it's like they're not doing a whole bunch of flashy things. Yeah. But like, I'm sure New York doesn't come cheap. No. I'm sure Omarosa doesn't come cheap. They're getting paid to be on this show. Oh, 100%. Like, the talent contracts are fine. But, like, especially when you get to, like, the challenges and, like, the, like... (laughs) like, Uh, The golf cart made me giggle. Oh, it was so so insane. Um, But, so it's ten villains in a house competing in a competition uh, to to crown the the winner of House of Villains. Um, I think this is an... Here's the thing. I think it's an interesting lineup. I think the the villains that they got were really solid, and then it kind of trailed off for me in certain ways with the casting, only because there are certain shows we don't watch in, in, right. in this lineup. Um, well, let's talk about the cast, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, first, we've already talked about her, uh, Tiffany New York Pollard. I like, mean, you can't do this show without her. No, you can't. She's the original reality television queen, number one, but the original re- reality television villain. And, and is... A very complex villain, and I thought it was also really interesting. I loved later in the um, first episode, Omarosa made a great point about, like, I don't think we ever saw before Tiffany a black woman with her own dating show. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's right. Like, holy shit. Like, she really is a trailblazer, and I think she has shaped a generation of people. She's, I mean, her memes live on, but, like, even beyond that, I think... People in my generation, I think particularly that watch like Flavor of Love and I Love New York and that era of like VH1 reality, uh-huh. like grew up on her. And I say it all the time. There, Ever since she came on the scene, there were people that tried to then be the Tiffany New York Pollard. Right. And it never worked. Right. Like there, there – I really, I've told, I think I mentioned on the podcast before, if we ever do bonus episodes, I really would love to review old school flavor of love episode by episode because oh, it is because, it's so messy, but it's also not, it's weird to say it's way more nuanced than people give it credit for. Oh yeah. The story arc is amazing. The first two seasons. <laughs> it's so good. It's like, it's so perfect. Um, yeah, so she had to be on this 100%. We've also talked already about, um, Omarosa. Who I, so here's the thing with Omarosa. I never watched the original Apprentice. Apprentice wasn't my show. Even before, even before that asshole got in office. Like, it just, it wasn't really my vibe. But I knew of her. She was, I mean, she was America's villain. People watch, everyone watched The Apprentice back in the day. So when you're the villain on that show... America knows your fucking name yeah. at the end of the day. And, but I only knew of Omarosa on the show she did after that and the stuff she did in media after that. Um, her time on the surreal life was like the one, I think the first time I ever watched a show with her on it and her fight with like Janice Dickinson is really fucking toxic and gross. And yeah. like, it's, it's terrible. Well, and then she was on celebrity big brother with, uh, Ross Matthews and Brandy uh, Glanville yeah. and, and and a bunch of others. When that you was, stand out as a villain against Brandy Glanville. Yeah. <laughs> like that's 
that's a lot. But even like the even the moments where she was like going on Wendy Williams show the first season and having the fight oh, yeah. with her, like she knew how to get into headlines. Oh yeah, and like leverage it. And I and there's a skill to that. And I think it's 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 impressive in that regard. And I yeah. think, well, it's it's interesting. I think if you were to put Tiffany Pollard and Omarosa in the Housewives world, they kind of fill the same role, right? Right. But Omarosa would exist on Beverly Hills, whereas Tiffany would exist on Orange County. Sure. I could see that. It, you, you know what I mean? In that Omarosa is very much the, she's holding herself with this grandeur, like this, this elegance, right? And Tiffany's like very much still very like dripping in wealth right but like she does it in a way that's very grounded and very down to earth and very, and very relatable and honest yeah like Almarosa can fake it yes. she can fake getting into a room that she that is a bit higher of a status right and she is actually in well right she walks in a room like she owns it yeah like and it doesn't matter what room it is uh, let's see. Who else do we have? We have uh, Johnny Bananas. Yes, from uh, The Challenge, which I haven't watched The Challenge. Here's the thing. I, I was a big real world fan, and then I died off on The Challenge like in sort of like the mid-2000s. Before it, The Challenge now is a different show than yeah. what it was back then. And you become career people on The Challenge, basically. You're there for like 20 years, basically, at this point. Um, but I heard a lot about Johnny Bananas and sort of his reputation and how he is – a, a very strategic person. And so I think he, to me, I think he's kind of the front runner to win in that. I know that he's at least presents that he, he has a lot of strategy in his core mm -hmm. in terms of how he operates in the house. I think him and Amaros are going to clash a lot in, yeah. in terms of that. Speaking of John's, we also have, uh, John Johnny Fairplay, uh, Johnny Fairplay from Survivor, famous for the grandma died lie and right. and all that. Which he's, I mean, he he really did also embrace it and sort of like made a a career out of himself just being that liar for good decades on. Like you know, I I and I find him charming in certain ways now because I don't think he is vicious. I don't think he takes himself too seriously. And like no, but he does lie so easily. He does it for fun at this point. Yeah, yeah like yeah. we see him do that already in like episode two uh, of this. Um, it's just like who was it? He, he just lied to Jax. Jax yes. And oh, Jax, we'll get to Jax. Well, let's get to Jax. Jax Taylor uh, from Vanderpump Rules, and he's also had some spinoffs of his own. Yeah, poor Jax. <laughs> I yeah. don't think he... I, I get why he was casted on this show, because he is a villain. But he's a fish out of water. He does. He is, he is such a... Like, he's the biggest goldfish in the the pet store getting dropped in the ocean with, like, hammerhead sharks. And like humpback whales, yeah. And he cannot swim with these motherfuckers. He literally at one point is just like, I've never done these competition shows, so like I don't know what to do, basically. And he is very bad at it. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, is he he talks about at one point where he's 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 right in one res in one regard where he's had a very different experience in that he's had a decade on television where he has to stay ingratiated with a cast mm -hmm. where he has to still be able to be in this friend group somehow. And 
I still don't know how he did it for 10 years. Yeah. 10 fucking years. How he stayed friends with these people. Like, after all the bullshit he pulled. Right. I also think it's because... And I think you've talked... We've talked about, like, Jax a lot prior to, like, starting this podcast when we were watching Vanderpump Rules. He's a villain, but I don't think he wants to be. No, he doesn't. He He spends... For anybody who goes back and, like, binge-watches Vanderpump Rules, go back and watch the way that him and his mom interact mm. before they had their falling out and are no longer speaking. But he has such low self-esteem. Yeah. He doesn't see himself as someone who can be better. And so whenever he makes a mistake he falls back and decides to be the worst versions of himself. And he keeps trying. You can see, you like, if you watch his eyes when he messes up, you can see his heartbreak when yeah, he yeah. hurts somebody. And it's so, like, just, like, with any knowledge of, like, trauma and, like, psychology and whatnot, you can see everything on his face. But it's like one of those hurt people, hurt people things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And But it, of course, 100%, it is still up to him to fix himself, right? But he doesn't know how. And he hasn't had anybody support him and believe in him being able to be a better person and help him believe that he can be a better person until Brittany. Sure. And you can really see that change in him because when he's, when he cheated on her on the show... Um, and she was mad at him, but took him back and believed that he could still be better. You could really see some of those things start to heal, right? You can see him start trying to be better and trying to do better. And I think now that he's got a little girl and he's like trying to be a good role model for her. He keeps saying that on this show. He's like, I'm a good Christian dad. Who's like... (laughs) like he's trying he wants to be a good person so bad and i i really do root for him he's like he's like he's like that over overly um active puppy that keeps chewing things but wants to be a good boy he's not hateable he's not hateable he's a himbo yeah he's such a himbo (laughs) like it just He's uh, complex. He's a lot more complex than people give him credit for. I agree. Um, and it, his growth journey from season one of Vanderpump is wild. So just like go back and watch it if you haven't. Um, we have also Tanisha from the Bad Girls Club, which I was love very, her. Love her. I She's find, the. Uh, I don't no, get no sleep because of you. Banging <laughs> the pants. Oh, it's so good. I love which her. I was. I thought. We will get to it later, but like Joel McHale hosts this show, and it's like that's where I found. I feel like she became a meme was from the soup. She, yeah, like Joel made that such a like a recurring meme. Well, I think Joel McHale. I think one of the reasons that he was chosen to be the host of this is because of the way that his show interacted with the era of of uh, reality television that launched all of this right and most of these people are from that same era like right and that's what i that's what i mean like a lot of these people went through his show at some point via memes and little clip videos and whatever yeah and uh, perhaps you could say that some of 
their notoriety is thanks to his show. Yeah. I, I would say at least partially, I, not to discount the work that they did on their own. It played a role in it because right. there's that meme ability in that sort right. of like resharing quality that like, you know, m- like takes a moment and then puts it right you know, into the mainstream in certain regards. Right. Um, and then, so the ones that we don't know too much about, I know a little bit about Corinne from the bachelor. I've seen some clips of her and she just seems very like sort of like, man hungry in certain regards like that was her big sort of thing when she was on the bachelor mm-hmm. um she seems interesting enough i find her friendship with tiffany that's forming in the house very interesting it's it's odd that sh- that tiffany like i would not think her. she would like her it yeah i would think that she would be the exact kind of person that would piss her the fuck off my favorite part was when they're meeting each other like in the beginning like tiffany hits it off with her but then later tiffany goes i just wanted to get your name right your name's not like caramel right like <laughs> she's like no it's corinne <laughs> you know i think it's because she sees her as a puppy yeah i think that tiffany sees corinne very much in a similar way to the way that we were talking about how we see yinran on big brother uk right like it's very enduring very like everything she does is cute and lovable well and then well the first major thing in the house is when corinne tries to like introduce herself to Amarosa, and she's like hi what's your name and Amarosa's like um google that'll help you and then she's like what and, and Amarosa's is like so back to our conversation like very I, much a like dog pissing on his territory yeah and but like the veteran just like fuck you bitch and storms off and just starts crying <laughs> <laughs> like as an interpersonal thing like that sort of thing pisses me off no but, like, oh, it's toxic as fuck because i because i already walked into this knowing i hated omarosa i'm like Work, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> it's very Tiffany. It's very the, uh, I just mind screwed her a little bit. <laughs> but the thing is, is that Tiffany's never mean to people for no reason. Tiffany has warped reasons for being mean to people. Yeah. But then she, there's a justification, at least in her mind. Oh, that's, th- yeah, you're right. She's never just mean to people off the bat. She's convinced Omarosa herself. doesn't give a fuck because Omarosa knows that she's the evil he- head quit queen bitch in charge you know what i mean yeah um we have then uh bobby lights from love and hip-hop miami um who i don't know much about i mean he obviously seems like a very big personality and sort of like is gonna be um probably antagonistic i would say in many many ways no i know um he (laughs) we love we love a a a loud gay (laughs) like like on the shows um and then the two i definitely don't know much of at all about is anfisa who's from 90 day fiance which i was like i don't even like when they were showing like the clips from i'm like is she a villain i guess like her big thing is that she was like a gold digger i guess i guess that makes you a villain and then shake who is from love is love is blind who i don't know much about like the only clips they really show of him is him being like really misogynistic to women yeah like he basically just people hated him because he was very vocal about not wanting to because the whole thing with love is blind is you are only speaking with someone right like you don't have any visual contact with them so like he was very vocal about well if you have if you are over this amount of weight or if you have yeah. any sort of like 
like visual anything or like very, 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 very disgusting in the way that he was speaking to these women. And when he came into the house, Tiffany's like, that man is evil. He's worse than me. And I'm like, okay, I'm interested that she's saying that. I don't, I don't find him that interesting. Like, I think he's a little like blah to me for a villain. To be fair, though, Tiffany is also mellowed out over the years. She is no longer the woman who first strolled into our hearts (laughs) on (laughs) Flavor of Love. Like, this woman is not the same. So, to get into sort of the stuff that happened in the house as well, I love, my favorite part was when they go out for the intro with Joel, where Joel introduces the game, and it takes, like, I don't, it was very fourth wall breaky. They do, like, 37 takes of them outside, like, trying to get this intro done, and they're like, Fuck it, let's do it differently. And then they well, go because like, they they're they keep doing like there's like airplanes that are going over <laughs> or whatever that are like fucking up the audio, and so they just wait until night. Like it's no longer daytime by the time they get a a take, and it's at night on the other side of the house. But it's like the fact that they showed that on the show. It was like <laughs> yeah, I find that very funny. Um, so basically the way that the, w- the competition is laid out is that there will be a competition where they, cr- uh, the winner becomes the supervillain of the week. That supervillain then chooses three people to go on the hit list. Um, they then have another competition with the three people who are on the hit list where the winner of that goes off of it. So then we just are down to two and then everyone votes on who goes home basically. Very so, similar to Big Brother. Yeah. Pretty straightforward. Um, the first, ch- again, like I was saying with like the low budgetness, this first challenge. <laughs> Well, oh geez! They go to this football field and they're like, "So you each have your balls with your, these like giant inflatable balls with your face on it, and you can." The goal is to just get the other person's ball out of the the ring or whatever, like the the uh-huh. the playing field, and then the last person there wins, and then you can do whatever, like you can do whatever to get them out. You can protect your ball, etc. It was so like not thought through. I think in many ways. Well, they were trying to, and to, they were trying to draw people being vicious and nasty out of it, and yeah. then it it goes back into t- people being too media trained these days. Yeah, it's like where people were originally villains, and then they're like, I don't want to be a villain anymore. <laughs> no, fuck you. That's why you were cast to be a villain. Get out your butcher knives. Let's go. Yeah, like. <laughs> Um, Alma Rosa, uh, it gets down to Alma Rosa and Johnny Fairplay, or not Johnny Fairplay, Johnny Bananas. Um, and Alma Rosa basically convinces him to like form an alliance, et cetera. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to put you up, et cetera, this elimination. So then Johnny lets her win and Alma Rosa becomes the first one, which I thought strategically was a bad choice. I'm sorry. Oh yeah. It was a really bad choice. Because Alma Rosa is such a chaos agent that you do not want her anywhere near a ability to control things. Yeah, but you also don't want her pissed at you. Yeah, which we see uh, throughout. Yeah, like the the thing, and then they also the other thing is that the um the the supervillain of the week also gets to choose two people to go on like some trip with them to discuss strategy, like outside of the mm-hmm. house or whatever, and, and discuss things. And he goes and Amarosa goes to a nail salon with like Bobby Lights and um, Tanisha, and. I thought it was interesting. Omarosa has a moment where she kind of talks about wanting to be more than just a villain and sort of like proving. I'm like, this is not the place to prove that. But also like how many years have you been on television? Like now you want it. Now you want your like, you know, full fledged story. I didn't buy that completely. It seemed odd to me at the end of the day. Like, I I didn't know. Um, I mean, and there's all this talk about like, you know, who they should get out first and like, 
know, Jack seemed really strong because Jack was being really aggressive in the ball challenge. And he was just like, I just, you know, naturally just wanted to get everyone's out. I didn't, he doesn't understand about like lowering threat levels. He doesn't no. understand like any well, be- of those. Because again, he's never been on a competition show. Yeah. He's only been on a, on a ensemble cast type show. Which I get, like, there are other people who are in that same situation, right? Tanisha's never been on a show like this. Like, the the uh, the Love is Blind guy. Um, 90 Day Fiance. The 90 Day, like, all, like, those are not this type of show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Omarosa's been only on shows like this, right? The Elimination style? For the most part. Um... You know, Bobby Lights has not been on a show like this before. You know, so, I mean, there's only a couple of people who have been on these type of elimination type shows. Yeah. So they understand that level of strategy. But at least the other ones at least understand the concept. Jax is really just out of his element. It's really bad. Can we also talk about that when he's talking to Tiffany and that where they're talking about like sort of like how their lives have changed and evolved him going, I made one mistake in the 10 years I was on reality TV. I was unfaithful to my girlfriend. And I was like, which one? Also one mistake. I'm pretty sure I remember you getting arrested for stealing sunglasses. Uh-huh. I remember that you, like you, I mean, the list goes on and on. It's, I mean, you, you, you cheated on Stasi before the beginning of the show even was a thing. Like you were broken up when you got on the show Yeah, because you cheated on her. And then like you cheated with Kristen, um, behind, uh, uh, sandoval's back and then you like there was the whole uh thing with uh cheating on britney there was stealing the sunglasses for britney there was i think i feel like i'm missing something the pastor i'll throw that in there oh all the pastor thing the whole like i don't know if he was actually involved with all the the stuff that got all the girls kicked off the show. He kind of was. So, like, you have a laundry list, sir. Yeah. It's a lot. It really is a lot. Um, They do the the nominations thing where it's behind, like, it's really not. I love that... I, I, I'm, it was a good enough editing trick, but it's like, I know this isn't like a secret bookcase that like, I mean, it's a secret bookcase, but it doesn't go into this like soundstage room where it's like, right. it's like you're in like where the Power Rangers like, right. <laughs> like, um, plan their, you know, attacks or whatever. Like, so. I feel like you've never seen Power Rangers at the. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> you know what I mean. Um, but so, oh, and so they're like, so Omarosa, please stay, please uh, be seated in the chair. The way that Omarosa takes like what feels like two minutes to it do the literally walk. was like it was so pageantry. <laughs> like I just I loved it. That's part of why I fell in love with Omarosa over this these couple episodes. It's just she gets it. She knows what she she's knows doing. what shows she's on. Yeah, she, like she said, "Oh, I'm a villain. Great. Oh, I could be the queen villain." Fuck yes. Yeah. Uh, she nominates Corinne because obvious reasons. She basically, I don't like her. Uh, I don't like her. She nominates Shake because she had offered basically an alliance to Shake like the first five minutes in. And Shake was like, talk to me. Can't, let's re, re-engage this conversation in like a few hours. And she didn't like that. So she's like, he's going. 
And then it she does this big tease like she's gonna turn on Johnny Bananas and like put him up even though she gave he gave her the win. And then she she's like, actually. <laughs> and then I thought, let's put Jax up. <laughs> oh, oh, so good. Geez. The second episode. Some of the big things from the second episode. So then we start to see the stuff with like Jax and Shake, like sort of break down. Where like again, Jax not thinking strategically whatsoever is like talking oh. talking to Shake about like yeah, I've made like forty five thousand dollars like on Cameo, and like my wife just got like a million dollar deal with like Weight Watchers and like all that stuff. Like I'm getting, I'm doing really good financially right now. And Shake's like, well, fuck you then, <laughs> like. There's money on the line here. Like, you don't need it. Go home. <laughs> he doesn't say this to him, but then he takes this to Bobby. Right. And then tries to turn Bobby against him with Jax, like, in the other room listening. <laughs> and then Jax calls him on it. It's uh, And, and Jax being like, well, it's like, oh, you don't, uh, you, you live in Florida. You don't even pay taxes. You don't have to pay California taxes. I was like, okay, what is this argument? Like, you're real, like, uh, it was really kind of embarrassing at the end of the day. They fight also later in the pool. Like, like I, uh, it, it was the, definitely the broiest fight. Like, it's very like, I'm a misogynistic man. No, I'm a misogynistic man. We, <laughs> Like no, I'm the top guy in the group. No, I'm yeah. the top guy in the group. Like we're just two cavemen. Like okay, ooga booga. <laughs> um. So the the one critique I will give on this show so far, the weird fucking moment where they just sit them down in the living room and they have them uh, do a video call with Carol Baskin. Yeah, that was weird. Why did they need that? Like. It was like we, it was, it felt like we're going to see some appearances, but we've seen in the trailer, some appearances from some other like famous villains, mm -hmm. like throughout the series. It felt like the people who they Turned wanted. Turned it down. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> well, we'll do a FaceTime call with you, Carol, if you don't want to actually like, you know, be in the show. <laughs> it just seemed odd and weird place. And they had to act like excited. <laughs> I don't think any yeah. of them cared. No, nobody gives a fuck about Carol Baskin. Uh, but also, is Carol Baskin the villain? No. I the, the husband that she fed to the tiger is the villain. Yeah. <laughs> or at the very least, Joe Exotic. Who literally is in prison. Like, the, I, that was the, that was, when that was becoming a thing, the whole Tiger King stuff. I'd never watched it. Never watched it, but I was really put off with, with the, the, the amount that people were trying to, like, make joe exotic the hero it was like yeah that he like guys misogyny like well but what's funny is the man is gay well yeah <laughs> like and like one of his boyfriends one of doesn't have a tooth in his head yeah like i just i i just uh, how many meth labs <laughs> does this man run that's what i need to know oh god um, they then go to the, um, the competition with the three people on the hit list, which you, the, the, the go-kart, um, yes. where they, one of them is blindfolded and they get to pick another person to guide them basically. Fucking Jax. Uh, and Jax picks of all people, Johnny fucking Fairplay. Dumbass. And Johnny's like, yeah, I'm just going to throw this. Like, I'm going to basically like tell him all the wrong things. And it's so blatantly obvious he's doing it. But why would you, why would you ever? Ever in your life, put your fate in the hands 
of Johnny Fairplay. He doesn't know who he is, though. I, I genuinely think Jax has never watched Survivor. I don't think he knows half these people. I genuinely don't. And the moment afterwards where they're in the house and Jax is being like, I got to figure this out, whether he screwed me, and sits him down at the bar. It's like, did you, do, did you uh, intentionally uh, throw the competition? And Johnny just goes, no. And Jax goes, that's it. That's all I need to hear. Cool. Awesome. It's like, oh my God, Jax. Dumbass. Ugh. But um, Shake ends up winning that. So he gets uh, pulled off. So it's down to Jax and Corinne um, on, uh, uh, up for possible elimination. We see a couple things as well of like a possible like women's alliance forming with all the women in the house. Um, thinking that, you know, and I, I'm hopeful for it, but I don't think it's going to happen, unfortunately. I think there's too many... For some reason, women in alliances never work on these shows for some reason. No. And it's yeah. like... And especially in this house, though, it's like there's too many alphas yeah. that it's not going to play out well. Uh, yeah. I just... Mm, I really... I I hope that what we end up getting is, at the end of the day, a giant rivalry between Tiffany and Omarosa that lasts the entire show. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I feel like Tanisha at that point would go with Tiffany because I think Tiffany's more reasonable. And I also think Tanisha's more reasonable despite being from bad girls club. I really think she's more of the level headed people on this cast. Yeah. Surprisingly. Um, So I just, I really, but like Omarosa and Tiffany is like Godzilla King Kong. It's, like that is the fight. It's 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 yeah. the it's it's the Mayweather Pacquiao. Like yeah. it is like it's everyone's fantasy dream match. Like yeah. I I really hope I just really hope it doesn't come down to yet another white man. Oh god. Can we not? It is reality television. Um and then there was that weird thing also where like Johnny Bananas was like convincing Bobby to like act as though like he was like pissed at Corinne in New York in their bedroom or whatever and new just waking them up and new york being like what the fuck is going on new york was not having it and the next day like right before they're gonna go to the elimination her just they're having dinner or whatever and new york just being like he's fucking with my sleep he's (laughs) it's a strategy well but the thing is is that's how to activate new york yeah so if you're wanting to make good tv that's what you do. You pick at those little like you like uh-huh. inconveniences. Uh-huh. It's yeah, I agree. And now she like she was yelling at Corinne at a certain point, and so now it seems like they're fractured and Corinne's like, Well fuck, my one ally going into this fucking yeah. vote like in five minutes. Um yeah. they go into the fuck in the um to, for the elimination. Dungeon, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. <laughs> I hope it's not that kind of dungeon. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ. They they basically all they both plead their cases. That moment where it's like, do you Joel's like, do you have anything you want to say? And then Tiffany goes, this one right here, and she points at Jax and goes, I see your heart and it's ruthless. It's black, and I know why you're in this house because you're a demon and you're demon possessed. <laughs> and she makes Jax cry. I just don't understand where that came from. It was just like, like what did he do? <laughs> It's like it wasn't as if like he beefed with Tiffany real hard in the house. Tiffany just be saying stuff sometimes, and it's like, but he took it to heart. He's like, "No, I'm the good guy." (laughs) It's like, yeah, like I'm telling you, he's a himbo that wants to be a good boy, but he's so not a good boy. He keeps chewing up the slippers (laughs) every time you get new slippers, and he just rips them to shreds. Uh. 
Um, so we get a cliffhanger. We don't. We everyone votes, but we don't see who they voted for, and we're going to find out in the beginning of the next episode. But don't they like strap them into these chairs seems, or something? It's like they're going to eat them through the wall. Yeah, it's like <laughs> I, I'm. I want to see how that plays out because yeah. with how low budget this show is, I'm like. That must be where they put all their money. I know, right? It's like, it's like the hydraulics to snatch them out of this room. Uh, God. But that was the first two episodes of House of Villains. We're really excited for, to see what's to come with that. Um, yeah, and we'll get more thoughts to come in the coming weeks. Well, speaking of more thoughts, let's get into our tops and bottoms for the week. Oh, well, for two weeks, actually. Um, we've got Big Brother UK. We've got Survivor, uh, two episodes of Survivor, and the House of Villains, which I have been lovingly calling Hoville. <laughs> like H for house, O, but little, a little O, right? Like of, and then Ville, as in villains, Hoville. Let's make it a thing, guys. Let's trend it. Hashtag Hoville. <laughs> oh, God. Um, my top and the bottom for the week are both going to be from Big Brother UK. I've, okay. really, I've really been loving Big Brother UK. It's this so season. good. Um, my bottom I'm going to give to Paul. Yeah. Um, just because I find uh, – I'm frustrated that he's not getting the negative attention from the house as, as I think he should. And I just find him in between boring and obnoxious. And frustrating because I can't understand him. Yeah, I would love a, a just a translator, something. I you know, but an like, interpretive dancer would be fine. <laughs> like anything to give us like some inkling of what he's saying. But I think like and 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 you know, the house is a house. But like I think you know, I would I I would be sad if he stays over certain other people that I think are much more entertaining mm-hmm. and much more interesting to see within the house. That's more my frustration than anything with him. Um, is that he might be taking up a spot, and that's kind of frustrating. Um, but my top, um, also on Big Brother UK, he's got to go to Yin Run. I, yeah. I, I find her one of the most commendable like characters on reality television right now. I think she's, you know, I and, and I'm so hopeful that for when that she gets out of the house, like I think she's going to be so surprised with how much people love her. Yeah, and that's always exciting. Like it's like she really it has got a fan base growing and rightfully so because i think anytime she speaks it's entertaining because of this uh, you know and her jokes and her like little like quips and stuff like that it's like amazing i love everything she does what about you babe what are your tops and bottoms for the week i hmm, my bottom has got to go to sean um oh yeah i i'm sorry there are a lot of reasons to leave survivor um Needing to get fucked by your husband is not one of them. I, I don't think that's a valid reason. I'm sorry. And it pisses me off because we we lost um, Sabaya. Sabaya last week. Well, two weeks ago. Um, and I just, we could have kept her. Yeah. Like, and then there's no way if she was, like, if she had been in his place here. They would have. They would not have needed to keep Sifu, right? Because Sabaya is stronger. She's a bigger woman. So, like, not like fat, but no, like, I know not that mean. there's anything wrong with being fat. People, fat people are lovely. I am a fat people. <laughs> you are fat people. Anyway, <laughs> um, but she's more muscular, you know. So she could have taken that role and made sure. Number one, I don't think they would have lost the challenge. Right. But even if they had been in that situation, they could have then safely gotten rid of Sifu. Yeah. 
and then she would be in the merge. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just, I'm mad. Um, I'm more mad at him than I was at Hannah. I'm more mad at him than I was at Brandon for even talking about it. Right. Like, I just... Stop getting on these shows if you don't want to be here. Yeah. Stop it. It's not that hard. It's just, it's not that hard. Um, my top for the week is going to go to Omarosa. I can't believe that. that is your I top. know. It's just like, I, I loved her. And I think it's just like the level of cunt that she's <laughs> serving. It's just like miles ahead of what everyone else is doing on any of these shows. Right. Yeah. She's showed up to be the mega bitch like mega queen bitch like it's the same um did you ever watch uh once upon a time yes off and on the the evil queen the one that's the mayor on this side of the 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 curse and mm. the evil queen on that side of the curse like she's serving that level of cunt <laughs> and it's just like if you've never if you've not seen it you don't know what that looks like, but there's just some regal, like, fuck you energy coming off of her. And I just, uh, I drink it up. I love it. It's such good television. Um, I always love, like, the powerful woman. It's, it's, um, uh, what's her name? A devil's where devil wears oh, Prada. Meryl Streep. Yeah, Meryl Streep. Her character in that is that same energy. It's that. It's that level of cunt. And there's no other word. I'm sorry. It's the only word that describes it. And it's just. It's so fucking good. Hey, thanks for tuning into this episode of A Gay and His Envy. Join us next time for more of our recaps and hot takes. And be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you are listening. And check us out on our social media at A Gay and His Envy on all the platforms. A special shout out to Shane Ivers, who wrote Pulsar, the song we use for our theme. I'm Eamon. I'm Merlin. And, and we're, we're out. out. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com. <laughs>